episode 320 on sifted games at sifted.net i'm shane satterfield and i am still alive after my trip to greece and about with covid we're finally back live on twitch for game face alongside me to have the best podcast about gaming for the week is matt kyle what's up matt yeah, who knew that was going to be such a break well yeah, yeah. really no way of knowing how bizarre man like There's like dust in this room now yeah like some of you guys may only watch game face live on twitch and that's fine um so you may not know what happened but i went on my trip to greece everything was great literally some of the best 10 days of my life um and i came back and i got covid on the flight back my wife and i both got it so we had covid immediately after we got back and i only really felt bad for like two days honestly mm -hmm. and it was a bad two days like any of you guys who have had it bad i feel really bad for you because for those two days i was miserable it is really yeah. weird like you can't even really put into words how it makes you feel like some of your symptoms are like a cold but you have this underlying feeling underneath like the other symptoms uh, again like i think you have to have it to really understand how it makes you feel uh, but i really felt rotten for like two days and then it just like that was gone and i am all vaccinated and boosted and all that stuff and then it was just a matter of waiting to test negative which took forever like i just felt like i could never test negative my wife who had had it before tested negative way before me and so then i was like uh oh like there's something weird with me and then i started testing myself yeah, I can take away. I can, you can test positive because of the anti antigen reaction up to 30 days yeah even so, if you're not contagious even if you're not sick anymore yep so in the prior episode of game phase i had mentioned that we were going to do a show on friday well i woke up on friday and tested myself and i tested negative and i was like oh wait a minute like let's just go and do the show on tuesday because the other thing too was there was a game that we needed to talk about that i was struggling to find time to play yeah. because there was this other game that i was playing that's really awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i was like let's give give ourselves another couple days to play all the games we need to play and let's just go live on twitch uh, to kick off game phase 320 and here we are um, and i remain an increasingly rare unicorn never having had covid infamous virus yep. so i know a lot of people in my life and matt and my mom are the only two people left that i know that have not had covid hmm. and you shared someone that we are mutual friends with that mm -hmm. also hasn't had it yet but for the most part yeah, you are a dying breed my friend I know a lot. I, my my whole family up north hasn't my, my mom my sister like that whole household hasn't had it yet really yeah we're also just very, we're very uh, resilient Neanderthal, like Norse <laughs> Irishmen, Irish people. Like it's, we have, uh, we, you we, survived we, the potato famine. Yeah, then. we don't get sick we, we, we very often. So, um, it so is maybe, good. To maybe be that's back. helping. I don't know. Yeah, it could, it could be. Um, it is really good to be back doing the show live. Not the least of which is because doing the show not live is a huge pain in the ass because I have to record Matt and I on Zoom, and then the whole mm -hmm. show has to be assembled by hand. Yeah. Well, it was it was easier in in the lockdown days because you had the TriCaster, yeah. so you could kind of record it down yeah. as it happened. But yep. uh, and I wasn't going to come over here obviously until I tested negative like <laughs> four was, times. Or like I was going to have to like leave the TriCaster in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> to cruise by and scoop it up and like run away throw it at him with a pool yeah. <laughs> there was no way i was coming here until i tested negative at least three times in a row which i've now tested like negative like four times in a row so um yeah it's been crazy like first of all thanks for your patience guys for waiting for the show to come back in its real form 
Um, but, you know, I was sick. There's nothing I could do about it. And again, the worst part for me was being trapped at home. Like, just finally, this weekend, I was able to, like, go out and, like, go to a grocery store. And we went out to a restaurant on Saturday night and had dinner. And, like, finally being able to get out of the crib. Because we live in an apartment. We don't live in a big house. So, the apartment gets small real fast. Mm -hmm. When you have two people who have COVID, by the way, at the same time. Um, But we made it through. And I was telling Matt before we went live, um, I don't feel, like, any residuals from having COVID, which is good. I went on a bike ride on Saturday and my wind and my lungs are still good. Like, I didn't get worn out or anything. Um, I've been walking up and down a bunch of stairs, and I feel like my lungs are still all cleared out and good. So um, I feel no worse for the wear from COVID. I also didn't have COVID brain. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, like, a fog. I also never lost my sense of taste or my sense of smell. So a lot of the worst parts of COVID, I managed to dodge. But again, mm-hmm. if any of you guys have had, like, a real case of COVID, man, my my thoughts are with you, man. Because I it, mine was very light, and it still sucked yeah i do have a couple of like <laughs> friends who had the the main symptom they had was the brain fog yeah like talking about like you'd sit there and they'd kind of stare at a wall for a bit and yeah. suddenly it was five hours later wow and, like they just didn't have any sense of what time was or where anything was or couldn't remember things and one thing that's happened to a lot of people in my family who have had it is they've lost hair hmm like lot like in clumps like for months after they got over covid now these were people who had it pretty bad mm-hmm. but that's a symptom that some people i know that have had that other people huh. may not have had. it's so weird it's a very weird covid virus. is a weird virus yeah, my, do- my doctor say. has an old professional friend of like 40 some years who is a vaccine researcher and, and yeah. peer review tester and so he's been you know in the thick of this for you know 2 years now and his he said his friend says the one thing i can tell you about this thing is one of the weirdest things we've ever seen i've but never felt like like this in my life like again you have normal symptoms like you have a stuffy nose or you have a headache or whatever but there's just this underlying vibe about it that mm-hmm. you and you and it's funny i too. get a, i got a little bit of that from the side effects of, of the one of the, the second the vaccine, vaccines where it had that sort of like why do i feel so weird there's and a bad. weird edge to it and like yeah. you don't know what and like you can't pinpoint and I, but i didn't want to do anything i didn't want yeah. i didn't have the i couldn't focus on anything i couldn't like you know and that was just side effects from the vaccine the one time yeah and uh, thankfully, the boosters didn't do that. Although the second, the, the variant booster did. I did have a day of like, Neh. yeah. See, the like, none of the vaccines or boosters did anything to me. I never does that. I had a sore arm, and that's it. So I managed to dodge COVID all this time. And then you're probably wondering how I got it. I did not wear a mask on the flight home, and mm-hmm. it was a 14-hour flight, and there was no air circulating in the airplane. That'll and, do it. And my wife and I, we both got it. So, and there was a woman behind us that was like yeah. way overweight. Like I'm worried for her. Because obviously those are the she people. She was exposed too. Obviously. Yeah, so she, those are the people who tend to not do very well. So, but I don't know. It's I don't know. Meanwhile, it's crazy. I, I have a friend who flies. He commutes to to San Francisco every week for his job because he works for this San Francisco, mm-hmm. and so he flies twice a week, every week, every time, and you know he he hasn't gotten it. My wife's boss works for a huge corporation. He flies five times a week. Yeah. Although, Never as you had. said, your flight did not have the air circulation right. going. Yep. And you, that's a very, very good uh, mitigation. Yeah. Like usually, it works. usually planes have very good. Yeah. You know, and there was it was just stagnant and hot. Mm-hmm. Like I that's weird. Better. That's so unusual. I usually, it's the, usually planes are freezing. I know. Yep. It was weird. Uh, but anyway, I'm here and I'm alive, and we're here to do Game Face, and we have a show, a great show today. Um, our last show was freaking awesome, loaded with awesome games, and this one. Same deal. We have a great lineup of content today. Uh, we talked briefly about God of War Ragnarok because I had played it before we recorded the last show and Matt had not. Now Matt has played it and finally 
the Wonder Twins here are going to put their heads together and discuss God of War Ragnarok. We're going to talk about Sonic Frontiers, a polarizing game. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Currently, <laughs> user rating on Metacritic, 10 points higher than user rating for Elden Ring. <laughs> if you would like to know how useful fucking audience scores are. Um, but anyway, I'm glad to be back here and hanging out with you guys. Let's bring you guys up so we can see what you guys have been up to while we've been sort of trying to survive here. Lots of people telling their stories about COVID. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I said that, too. I'm like, it's good that you got it on the plane back and not in Greece. Oh, it would have ruined our trip. By the way, if you guys have not watched our last episode of Game Face, go check the archive. We do talk. I do talk about what my trip to Greece was like, which is was awesome. Also, by the way, I always talk about how... Um, when I go to foreign countries, I get a soccer jersey. Well, I did in Athens, and this is Athens football team. Black and gold like the Steelers, I would add. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, winner. <laughs> I was like, there we go. Um, so anyway. Are they doing better than the Steelers? Probably. Anyone's <laughs> doing better than the Steelers right now, Matt. This is one of the worst seasons they've had in 40 years. So, yeah, everyone's doing better. You know it's bad when even I know that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, let's see. Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. Ivis, thank you for Twitch Prime. By the way, we just got our Twitch Prime payout. And I know this is because, obviously, we were gone for so long. We had our lowest Twitch Prime payout ever. Mm. Ever. Like, I don't know what happened, but if you guys, I know some people slack and they're like, ah, I didn't do it this month or whatever. If mm. you could do it this month, even if you don't normally I'm sure some of that's it, just because people weren't here that's a lot of it yeah you, know, you don't think about it until you're in the chat and you're watching the yeah. thing and you're like oh right i should do that right now but if you're like a, a subscriber on our patreon or whatever and you're normally like well i already give you guys some money i'm not going to do it if you guys could do it that this month that would be awesome because we got crushed from last month and christmas is coming up so a big cash outlay coming here so if you guys could do that that would be awesome we'd really appreciate it um let's see if there's any, any team on hand thank you for the tier one subs that you're gifting to our audience johnny hurricane thank you for twitch prime hope you're doing good man getting ready for the holidays uh and i think that might be it um do 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 um david 5807 thank you for twitch prime that's awesome we appreciate you it Don Lionheart. what'd you say you get Slag yeah i got slagathor on the way up mm. um darmus thank you for twitch prime uh, are there any more? Um, something being used as a proxy war against Donkey. What's being used as a proxy war against Donkey? Oh, the the Sonic Frontiers audio user score, probably. Oh, why? Because he loves it? I don't know. Or he hate So he either loved it or hated it, and people were pissed off about it. Probably, so. <laughs> probably he, he made fun. He said it was bad, and so he... Uh, oh, so he told the truth. Probably. <laughs> uh, Justin Mon uh, Horman, thank you, man. 65 months of Twitch Prime, man. That is awesome. I think you hold the record. I think you are the longest running subscriber via Twitch Prime. I know a lot of people say that they just put a reminder in their phone to do it every month. We'd really, really appreciate it. Um, Johnny Hurricane, Steelers and Winter in the same convo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I think that's it for, for all you guys. Um, did your wife wear a mask on the plane? No, she did not. We both did not wear a mask. We were stupid. Like, we just let our guard down, and we got burned. That's easy pretty do, much what happened. To do these days. <laughs> I just, I was like, man, I can't take a flight, like, home and now. Like, the numbers were really low, and no, I couldn't. I should have mm. worn a mask. Call of Duty 1, thank you for Twitch Prime. That is awesome. We're going to talk about one of your favorite games today when we talk about Modern Warfare 2, finally. 
Um, John Hurricane, I will now wear a mask on a plane. Yes, everybody should. Mm-hmm. Everybody, don't let your guard down. Wear a mask on a plane. Yeah, it's, if you're if you're in a large place with a lot of people you don't know and you can't get away from them for hours on end, put and there's a mask. No air blowing. Movies. Uh, movie theater, the uh, yep. planes, like it's, it's, you know, I, I asked my, you know, my, my doctor with his friend and his vaccination researcher friend, I'm like, he's like, have you had it yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, he's like do you wear a mask like, in movie theaters and like crowded places? I'm like, yeah, he's like, that's why. Yeah, that's it. It like, works. He's like, it's not that it protects you. Like, you know, he's like, everyone's going to get in, get it eventually, but you can mitigate it because the mask prevents you from having a viral load that you can't fight off. Yep. You know, Especially if you're, you can do if you have the vaccines and you're boosted. And um, I realize that's harder in you know, like LA. A lot of people still wear them like at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Like, I'm sure in the places where people are going to like yell at you for wearing them is probably more. I'm more not even difficult. worried about places like that anymore. I'm not, but like you, you know, someone out. And, but if you're sitting still someplace with a lot of people, yeah, put the mask on. Uh, Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. That's awesome. Um, oh, there's one other user that has 65 months, and that user is. Sifted Games. <laughs> uh, before we get going, um, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services and it's out there on all of them, um, and you aren't watching the show so you can't see the graphics, if you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. You can pledge whatever you want. We appreciate every dollar. That would be sweet. Uh, a little housekeeping. I know we already had some housekeeping, but a little bit more. Um, rumors of a Horizon MMO leaked mm-hmm. this week. I I mean, that's. I guess that's another live service game in the sony yeah of the 15 that they're making or whatever sure yeah (laughs) i mean like you had to work to come up with a horizon idea i would care about less than the vr game but you found it well yeah yeah like i'll probably play the vr i don't know why i'd want to mess with an mmo i mean i may probably i won't touch it even though i love horizon i won't touch it like i don't find the um I don't find the world of Horizon that compelling on its own without, for an without a- Aloy. Like, I agree. I, like that, that, it's a good setting for the story they're telling, but I'm not sure why I'd want to be like a rando in that right. world. You know, like just a rank and file yeah, NPC like, type person. Like it yeah. sounds like you're gonna, you know, is it an MMO? Is it gonna be like some kind of weird mobile style thing? You know, it's like, I assume it's gonna be the the different like nations sort of. You know, you, I'm, I'm going to join the fire right. tribe. The servers will be the different yeah. tribes that you come across, and like they'll just like fight each other in like you know PvP stuff. It's like it's just like I'm already boring myself. Yep, I'm exactly. <laughs> I have no interest in it at all. Some of you might though. So we thought we'd bring it up. Uh, Control Two was announced this week. Cool. It is next gen only. Control's great. Yep. Control I, I, is great. I can't wait to see new stuff from them. And next gen only is great. It came out in kind of a weak release year and ended up winning yeah. game of the year in some circles. Mm-hmm. Um, next, gen, seem like, next gen update was really good. Yep. Doesn't seem like it sold very well in a lot of places. Apparently it sold very well once the price dropped. Yeah. Um, they've sold a lot of units. It didn't sell revenue, you know, what you'd expect from those units, I think. I was but, surprised to learn that It Takes Two has sold 7 million copies. Yeah. Because one of the and, questions in a recent Pactor Factor was, does winning game of the year really matter? Mm-hmm. And he his answer was kind of half and half for the mm-hmm. most part. But it takes two kind of proves that it does. I think. I, well, the other thing is, I think it takes two was when got the word out to enthusiast people as well. You know, yeah. people that you know, because like I think a lot of uh, you know hardcore gamers sort of gave that game a pass because they're like, ah, oh, it's a cute little platform. Even though we sang its praises from yeah. the mountaintops. But like, if it's gonna yeah. win game of the year game awards, I mean, that's some cred to someone who takes games seriously. So I think that sold a lot to that. And it, they. Deep discounted it pretty. They did eventually. Quick. Yeah. Um, Elden Ring, seventeen and a half million. That's crazy. So that's for a Dark Souls game. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Nuts. It's really nuts. And there you go. There's your yep. mainstream breakout. Yeah, yeah. After however many games, let's let's see what they do next. Yeah. Johnny. Uh, my guess is Elden Ring too. Um, either that or adapt. 
Dark Souls into a into it. War. I mean, they're gonna, whatever they do, it's going to be that template from now right, on for, for sure. sure. Um, and then the other smaller story from this week is that the we kind of learned about the future of DC Comics video games. Um, going forward, DC video games are going to going to be part of a larger connected universe. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'll believe that when I see it actually come to fruition. Yeah. So that like not suicide squad because that's part of the arkham right universe yeah and i can't imagine you want to build on gotham knights nope. <laughs> at all, so we're starting over again yeah. oh boy seems like it it might be for the best i just want to note that with all you know there's all this like oh black adam big head everybody black adam the rocks back dc gonna know oh, we'll Henry cavill da, da, da. black panther just made in three days what black adam took black adam three weeks uh, to do yeah domestically yep like DC's got it. I mean, James Gunn, he can do it. Yeah. Um, he. I mean, James Gunn knows how to portray that stuff, and he knows to tell good stories about good characters and let the bigger, larger world kind of take care of itself as you go forward. He's not going to put that, that cart before the horse. So I have, I have faith in James Gunn. But, oh, boy, do we got to hack our way through some crap <laughs> before <laughs> that happens. And it feels like the games are in the same position where it's like you basically got to start over because they yeah. lost all their momentum. Yeah. Well, um, the, the whole WB stuff with them being sold yeah. and not being sold and, like, that kind of muddied the waters and made it a bit of a mess. Yeah, so. at least this seems to indicate that maybe um, uh, WB Montreal is going to be kept around. Yeah. Because I was worried that after Gotham, I mean, I don't know what Gotham Knights sold, but it, it... My guess is not very well. Probably not what they were hoping yeah. you know, when they started it or revamped it or revamped it again. I don't know how many times, how many iterations <laughs> that thing went through. I maintain that it feels like that game was built around Nightwing and the other three characters came later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I, but I'm, it sounds like maybe they will not all be shut down and that they will be part of an ongoing machine. Look, the first the first one of the, you know, Marvel or, Marvel's not doing too great in the game realm either yeah, outside of like true. Insomniac's thing. And, yeah. You know, well, Insomniac's obviously churning out gold is this because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. But like other than Spider-Man and probably Wolverine when that shows up and Guardians was good. But like there's no coherence there either. Like you could build, you know, and Mar- Midnight Suns looks pretty cool. But like that's obviously a standalone one shot thing. Um there is probably room to do something like that, to do some kind of interconnected game game. Oh, for sure. Universe. I mean, it makes the idea makes sense. But like, where you know, the execution is what. Yeah, it, I mean, I guess EA is doing three games. They said, yeah. so maybe they'll do something there. But it's EA. We saw what they do with Star Wars. I mean, that's the other problem too. Is if it's not unified under one publisher, how do you get everyone to play nice? Well, theoretically, I mean, Marvel used to have like a games division that sort of watchdogged everything, yeah. and you theoretically could do that. Lucasfilm did that. Lucas Arts did that forever. You know, look at you know all the games in Star Wars technically sort of. You know, they didn't. They weren't technically canon, but they were not contradictory right. to canon. Yep. Um, back in the EU, so you can do it. Like you can definitely do it. It's just you gotta. You have a plan. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta figure this out. You gotta talk about it. You gotta care. That's a thing. And I mean, to be fair, I mean, James Gunn does care about that kind of thing, he does. and he knows video games. You know, he, he likes does. video games. He cares about video games, so maybe he'll have an influence there. You know, he knows fandom. Could, yeah, this could be a, the beginning of a, of a real turnaround for this if. Zaslav and the, the 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 hatchet people that are running that that studio now let them do it. Yeah. Like, like the you know at, at any moment this that company could be turned around and sold for for modest profit to some other you know I'm waiting for that to happen. You know the, I, I I think Warner Brothers gets sold off to probably NBC Universal by 2026. Hmm. Um, and piecemeal. Which means they'll start all over again. <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't think NBC would want DC. I think DC would get sold off to somebody else. Yeah. So who knows? Fire Native, thank you for Twitch Prime. Appreciate it. 
Um, we appreciate everybody who subscribes with Twitch Prime. Again, it makes a big difference, and we got burned this past month. Nobody subscribed, so we definitely need some uh, some help this month if you can. Um, all right, Matt, let's get on with it. Let's talk about a game that I discussed last week, but you did not because you hadn't played it yet. God of War Ragnarok. I feel like our verdict on any game is not complete until you and I discuss it together. Um, and so we are kicking off this episode with God of War Ragnarok once again. I had played a handful of hours of it, it by the time mm -hmm. we talked about it for last week's show. Um, and my pretty much the big takeaway, I think, from what I said in that episode was that it, it felt very samey, but still very high quality. Yeah. And now I've played, I'm, I think my last save that I looked at, I'm like 22 hours into it. I still haven't finished it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm a long ways into it. I've played a metric ton of God of War Ragnarok at this point. How far are you, roughly? Um, not that long. I mean, I don't know how hours because I leave it on pause and it still counts the time. Yeah. So it says I'm like nine, eight, nine, like nine, ten hours in, but I know I haven't actually played that okay. amount of time. Um, but I'm like on the third world. Okay. Basically, like third major shift in location after you leave Midgard. Um, so I'm slowly building out, you know, building out the gateway, basically. Um, seems like there's a lot more to go. Oh, um, <laughs> you've got a lot more to go, my friend. But uh, I feel like, the, I mean, I'm 20 some hours into it. I don't feel like the game's even starting to wrap up yet. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like I'm even getting hints at the end game at this yeah. point. It is a big boy. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, right, even now it feels like, yeah, so this is still warming up the first act mm -hmm. of, of your standard story structure. Yeah. So it's, it's, they went big, for sure. Um, they did not, they did not waste any time in the four years since the first one. Yeah. They have been putting the, a pretty big thing together. It's really good. Um, I will say it's not grabbing me the way the first one did. It's, it's, I tried to say that as nicely as possible mm -hmm. because I had only played five hours of it and I didn't want to put that opinion out there until I was more sure of it. Yeah. But I, now that I've played 20 some hours, I will wholeheartedly say it now and, and agree with you 100%. And it's just like, I can't quite put my finger on it. I can tell you why now, mm. um, having played a lot more of it, is that it, there's nothing... It's just literally a continuation of the last game. Yeah. There's no new plot movements. It's still, in, even 20-some hours in, it is still resolving things that happened in the first game that went unresolved. That's true. And so there's not, like, this new narrative or this new thing. Look, Atreus, and people complain that we've been saying his name wrong. How do you say it? What, Atreus? A Atreus. Somebody got really salty about us not saying Atreus. Nobody uses his other name? <laughs> exactly. And spoil everything. Mm -hmm. um, he's still a snot-nosed kid like he was yeah. in the last game. Although I do enjoy that he talks back to Kratos. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that he makes fun of him a couple of times. There's a couple of a couple of times he does his impression of him, which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like that Kratos is willing to let him do that to, to, to a point and yeah. there, there is one thing where he goes a little too far and i'm like i was like oh that's too far and he's like <laughs> yeah. you will not talk to me in that manner yeah, i'm just like yeah <laughs> yeah no you won't well i think atreus or atreus um he's uh, kratos says atreus he, yeah he does um i think that he's starting to understand that he's also very powerful yeah he's that, just not that quite is, that's really the thing that this game... That's, that's the story that this game tells. Yeah. Well, it's the coming of age. A lot of the stuff with Kratos and... You know, he sees himself yeah. in this kid. Like, he, you know, he he realizes that, like, you know... There's a bunch of sections where Atreus is making arguments about, you know, the use of power and the use of violence that 
Kratos from God of War 1 through 3 would have agreed with. Mm-hmm. And this Kratos does not. Yeah. And it's a very... Christopher Christopher, uh, Christopher Judge, is his performance on this is exceptionally good. Because you just get through, even just through his timber, that he doesn't like what Atreus is saying. He doesn't want Atreus to believe these things. But he knows how it feels to believe those things. And he knows that nothing he says is going to... Is going to stop Atreus from believing those things and he knows Atreus has to go through shit to learn that he just you know as a parent he doesn't want his kid to have to do that and there's a couple of really nice exchanges that sort of reflect that parallel wise with I think where there's a point where he asks him like you know was your was your childhood growing up and training as a Spartan was that really hard and and he said yeah it was, he sucked, yeah, it was. Yeah. and he's like how come you didn't train me like that did you think that I, I couldn't take it and and Kratos says no I did not think you should have to. Yeah, why? And it's like, yeah. and th- and then Atreus says, "Oh, thanks." Yeah, and like, and it's like that's a really good insight into There's a lot who Kratos of thoughtful is. banter between the I'm, two of them. I'm, one of the things I'm most surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised by in this game, is how quiet it is. Yeah, in the cutscenes, the cutscenes are not. You know, there are big bombastic set piece things that happen, mm-hmm. but a lot of the cutscenes are broken people talking to each other yeah. about things and. Some of it is really heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, like, this is a very sad game. Well, it's like the... What's the guy's the disembodied head? Mimir. What's, what's his name, Mimir? Like, people run into him, and they don't realize what happened to him. Yeah. So they're like, where's the rest of your body? <laughs> like, the one guy sees him and, like, yeah. runs away. And is like, oh, my God, you've killed him. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> He's like, no, brother. I'm all, I'm all right. Yeah. Oh, now we got to chase him. And it's, I will say this, too. Like, there's some cutscenes with the head that are just, like, absurd. Mm. It's like... They're standing there having this serious conversation, and there's Kratos holding, holding the, the head, head up. Yeah. It's like but there's it's like, another scene where they're eating dinner at the table, and the head's like sitting on the table. Like it's, yeah. but it's also like that's that's mythology. Yeah, like I feel like they got like painted themselves into a corner with that character, and now they're just like, well, we <laughs> we just got to do what we. But I like do. that absurdity of it. It yeah. reminds you that everything is very weird. Here. Yeah, you know this, and I I actually like a lot of the unorthodox takes on some of the like Odin. Basically, being like a CEO, right? Like he's a fast-talking middle manager. He's and... trying to work a deal. He's trying to get. He's got. He's got appointments. He's got to get to. It's really good. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's like there's a weird, almost modernist element to some. It helps of the, relate the characters to people relate, today. Yeah. And yeah. like you kind of. And there's been moments where I'm just like. Should Atreus really be saying cool? Right. At the time? But then, like, you're just. Games you're, do that with me. Uh, but you kind of assume that time. it's like, it's whatever the ancient Norse equivalent of cool is. You're translating it for Games me. do that all the time where they say, and mm. it, does, it does bother me, where they say words that you're like, wait a minute, that's mm. from like 1998. Like, it's also, a, uh, it's also a, a technique of like how Atreus and some of the others talk like that, whereas Kratos has a more archaic way of speaking yeah. to indicate that he is very, very He's old. old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you feel about the gameplay so far? I mean, it's very similar, obviously. Mm-hmm. I will say this, and I haven't played the original in a while. I feel like I get like hit in the back a lot more mm-hmm. in this game. I feel like it's a lot I feel like I'm doing a lot more work trying to stay on one side of the enemies and I get blindsided more often in this than I did in the first one. I've, I've died a lot more in this than I, I did in the first I've definitely died game. a lot more in this one. Yep. Through, and through like like fighting things that I know I should be able to handle but it just doesn't quite or they catch you at the wrong right. time, or one of them uses projectiles. That always throws a 
projectiles are yeah sometimes but my like mine was like like early on you f- you run into these like kind of little mini bosses called the hungry mm. and some of those fights and i know yeah, i'm doing the right amount of you know you know you played video games long enough you're like okay i'm doing enough damage that i can beat these guys yeah. if, I, if i do it right yeah and there have been times where i'm like that guy just took my whole life bar out in, in with two a couple hits. chops yeah and two hits that i had no real way around you got to use the it's, shield way more the, in this one oh, yeah, I, I have the shield that does the parrying because i'm Me good too. at that because of dark souls yep. but like there's times when it's like okay i parried the the yellow attack mm-hmm. and it stopped him in his tracks and i got the stun great and sometimes i'll parry the yellow attack and, it, and he just keeps going well this like, also doesn't suffer from the assassin's creed syndrome where the enemies stand stand around and watch you kill the other no, enemies. they keep going they keep attacking sure. while you're fighting with the other enemies and in the end the answer is to you got to use all your abilities yeah you got you got to be ready to, to use your you know you can't be afraid to use the stuff that cools down you can't you can't just like go in and because you could go in in the first game and pretty much just use your basic melee attacks yeah. and get through almost anything this one you got you really got to use what you're using and it means that you what you're choosing as your your light and heavy runic attacks matter more um so i get that you know and eventually i kind of piece that together but early like they go around you and flank you a lot oh, yeah. more and on you gotta one roll hand, a lot like the one, sound yeah. effects help a ton yeah and because the, you'll get like a an auditory cue that an enemy's about to attack the cue yeah the, the the other characters will call out and stuff and, and so i'll just roll real quick to try to get away yeah and you get the, the arrows i mean it's all, all the information is there mm-hmm it's just not as satisfying to me to have to constantly be on the move like that. As I, I feel, I feel like it's not capturing the power that Kratos had before. And, I, and as you level up, you get closer to that. But like, eh. it's just not like it doesn't feel as immovable object meets irresistible force as yeah. the first game. It feels a little more Assassin's Creedy. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that yet. Yeah. And then, of course, there's moments where you are not playing as Kratos that change. There's a lot of moments where you that. do not play as Kratos yeah. in this game. Um, um, there's a lot of times where Atreus is not your sidekick. There's another yeah. sidekick there. But if you learn how to use Atreus in combat, and I mentioned this in last week's episode, way more powerful this time way more effective this time like i kill a lot of enemies just using him sometimes yeah especially once you go further down his assist tree yeah like there's some couple things that like oh that's really good well he can hold enemies hang on to guys forever and eventually one shot will like kill him now and he can do extra hits on them after you've done things like there's there's a lot of options you do combos with him too if you start unloading he'll start unloading alongside you Mm -hmm. so he is a way better character but so you learn how to use the sidekick using him and then later on in the game you have different sidekicks and the strategies still apply Mm -hmm. i've just there have just been times when i found myself sort of wanting the old god of war camera yeah angle because it lets you see more of the yeah. battlefield yeah and i never felt that way in the first game yeah like i, I feel that. i feel like the the sometimes the camera feels a little claustrophobic that close to, and behind him well i think a part of that and he doesn't too, turn very well he so doesn't. it's it's There's hard no to quick get around turn that i found either i don't think so um and uh, the other thing i think the reason that why that's so prevalent is because of the verticality that I talked about in last week's episode, because you now have the hook shot that you can get up to cliff faces really quickly. There's a lot more like going up and down mm-hmm. walls, and that makes it more difficult for the camera to show, to give you the better view. Yeah. So I think that might be playing into yeah, it a little bit. There's a little bit, also a little bit of, um, uh, I feel there's a little bit, like, I kind of wish the camera was, a, not that the camera was smarter, but like, because you have to aim the camera at the thing you want to interact with. And sometimes I really want, like, I know there's a hook shot up there. I've been up it four times. I just want to hit the circle button and do it without having to tilt the R stick, the right yeah, stick up. Yeah. Like, I feel, I wish there was a little more. I mean, I know you can turn the 
the settings so he does that stuff automatically. But I don't want that because I want him randomly jumping up things while I'm trying to fight. That is one um, thing we should mention that I said last week was it's annoying how you have to keep using the circle button to just climb up little mm -hmm. steps and whatnot. You can go into the settings and you can turn it on so it will do auto traversal. Yeah. And there's two there's two levels. There's two though, levels. Yeah. I ended up using the first level. I didn't go all the yeah. way. I will say like that accessibility options menu. Holy yeah. shit! It's like a, that, you can tell it if you have a single, if any kind of possible disability or or ability difference you may have that might be make it difficult to do any kind of part of this game. There's an option They've in there to help it. you. Yeah, like it's very they, thoughtful. Yeah, they, they, that it is the most extensive accessibility menu I think I've ever seen in a video game. Yep. Um, and Sony's first party stuff has been doing really good on that already. Yeah. But this is just next level stuff. Yep. Really, really impressive. But the game doesn't really mix stuff up that well. We did talk about how there's other characters that you play as and there's other yeah. sidekicks that go on quests with you. But also, I do think it's a little cutscene heavy in the first hour or so. It is. Like all this B roll that you're seeing right now is all from the first hour. So you haven't seen a whole lot of combat because it really does just try to catch you up and then get the story going in the first hour of the game um, in, instead of bringing in a lot of the combat mm -hmm. but eventually also, just it we're does get at, to the point where just because we're looking at this i think her character model is terrible yeah like she looks weirdly out of play when i first saw her and i like, mentioned this scene, last week it was like what is that i mentioned how some of the characters don't look like they fit yeah. in the universe and it's not just her there's a couple other ones yeah. and i know she's a dream right but still in this sequence here yeah i don't know like it was weird i thought that was weird like, but uh, so I'm 20 some hours into it and the story is still resolving stuff that happened mm -hmm. in the game from 2018. Like there hasn't been like, okay, we figured all that stuff out. Now here's the big twist and off we go. That could happen eventually. I'm, there, there's still a lot of game left, but I haven't hit that point yet. I'm still trying to sort out all the conflicts from the last game still. So, mm -hmm. And that's, again, I'm a long way into the game at this point. So I don't know if there's some big twist eventually in the final act. I don't know. But so far, it's just... Ragnarok has a lot of shifts in it. Yeah. In, in the and mix. they do work that in. Like, you come across characters who are like, oh, you know, all bets are off. It's Ragnarok. Like, there's nothing more important than either us stopping Ragnarok or us managing to live through Ragnarok or whatever. There is definitely that angle to the story. Um, I definitely need, never need to hear the word Fimblewinter again. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the visuals? It's good. Look, they look really cool. Um, uh, There's yeah. some drawing in this game. A little bit. Uh, Which I don't remember ever seeing in the last one. Yeah, it's like it's, there's some clutter, especially when you're paddling. Like yeah. mostly stuff on the shores, yeah. I think, is what I've seen. Um, they do remember, however, the most important part where collectibles can be seen as far away as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about a game in a minute that the drawing is so bad that it actually mm. negatively impacts playing the game. And uh, yeah, I think it looks good. Like it's it's it doesn't have the blow you out the back of the the, the theater sort of yeah. element that a next gen only one would maybe. Yeah. Um, and it does chug a little bit at times. I haven't seen that um, actually in cutscenes and in some uh, like I've never seen it do it in combat. But it does, I've seen a little bit in a couple of uh, exploration areas. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen any um, of that. Nothing that I'd be like, oh my, I mean, look, we're going to also talk well, about Well, which something. setting do you have it on? Do you have it on? Performance. Yeah, see, I have it on Fidelity. And I still haven't really seen too much chugging. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple. It's not terrible. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it looks really nice. It's a really good looking game. But again, it it is comprised of these relatively small mm. areas compared to like open world games. It should 
look yeah. amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, they got some, you know, like the there's some very large things that show up and and look very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but you got you know like her hair doesn't look amazing yeah uh, things like that but it looks fine it looks it looks yeah, it still uh, looks great but it does look like an outgrow it looks like a one point five of the previous game yeah I guess is is one way to say it how do you feel about the level design now four years later you know the fact that it mm-hmm. isn't an open world game and it's kind of these little sections of the world that are snapped I like together it. I like finding the little spots you can land the boat on and and oh I got a little section to explore and I yeah. it feels like it feels manageable. It feels like it's like, oh, I can find this, and I know that this is over here, and I know that, you know, the language is still the same. I do, there, it hasn't presented a lot of new challenges so far. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm still, it hasn't. I'm technically early. There's a lot of puzzle solving in this, mm-hmm. and I had, I kind that's of one forgotten of my, that about the first, yeah, the last well, that's game. one of my big things with this game is, and it's, it applies to other games too, but this is the first game I can think, I can remember that I've really been irritated with it. Shut up and let me figure out the puzzle for five <laughs> seconds. Like as soon as you get anywhere, they're like, it's like, hey, it looks like that lever probably controls. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm walking towards it. Like, and or like you'll they really through, don't want you to thing get stuck. And it's like, it's like, hey, brother. It looks like that wheel might be the thing. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't even seen the wheel yet. I haven't seen the wheel yet, and you're <laughs> facing the other direction. How do you see the wheel before I do? It's, so yeah, I, I, I actually looked, the reason. So the reason I looked in the um, in the accessibility menu so hard was I'm like, is there somewhere that I can turn companions off. telling me how puzzles get solved <laughs> off? And there is yeah. not. I did play. I'll say this though. I did play some of it with the audio off because my wife would like needed to talk to me about something. And if you don't have those audio cues, some of the puzzles in this are hard to figure out. Yeah, I think I think they they do that so fast because I'm sure in focus testing the people who just want to hit stuff with an axe were we're like, like, I don't know what you want me to do. Why would I waste? What so am I doing like, here? Because there's a lot of it. There's a there's, lot of puzzle lot. solving in this game. But I can figure that out. Yeah, like just just give me an option. To like ask somebody for right. help if I or want something. it. Like yeah. yeah, I don't need Atreus to constantly narrate the puzzle for me <laughs> before I can even get to the next. Like it's not even like I've stood there for a couple of minutes well they're also obvious they're yeah. not like hey fiddle around with that thing over there they're like hey you should freeze the water coming out of that water thing and that will oh back swanland says up. there is a, a puzzle extended timer and then vincent says that doesn't work oh so, I don't know. <laughs> there you go <laughs> but there are like it's, it's puzzle it heavy. happens so fast that yeah. it almost feels like a bug yeah like they, the they instantly start telling you the answer to the puzzles as soon as you step foot in the puzzle area. Yeah, as soon as you get in the the immediate area of the puzzle. But I would say the game is split probably like fifty fifty combat. Yeah, it's pretty to close, puzzle yeah. solving. I was surprised by that. Even I'm though, always a little surprised when combat lasts more than like a minute. Yeah, you know, because like, each skirmish is kind of like an arena battle. Yeah, it's bit. like you go open, go into an open area. It floods with enemies. You kill them all. You get a little chime, and then mm. you move on. And I, I would say this. I do feel like this game does feel a little dated now, Matt. Um, we're four, it's four years later from the 2018 game. And even in 2018, this kind of a design was kind of already a relic Somewhat. of the past. Now will, it really does feel like an older game. I will say that I, I, you know, I don't think there's a lot of games like this. Not anymore, so no. Like, yeah. I don't mind that it still does that because I'm like, if, I'm, if I didn't want to play this, what would I play instead? I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else like it right now. Um, so I don't mind that, but I do, it does feel so familiar yeah. that there's an element of like, oh yeah, I know what's about, I know what's going to happen now. And so the, so all your, so what I'm left with is like the interest of seeing what happens to the characters next. And as you say, 
this one's a slow burn. It is, yeah. Um, one thing I do also appreciate is, uh, and it's, it isn't as prominent because they, obviously they don't design levels around it because it's not the first game. You can still do all the things you could do in the first game when you were fully powered up by the end of the game. Like yeah. All the, all the, every once in a while, you will run into the things that were like the the obstacle types that kept you away from things for like 14 hours in the first game. And now you already have the ability to just destroy them or get them out of your way instantly. Yeah. Which I think is really fun. I think that's yeah. cool. Like I like that they... They kind of make a point that there's that they can still do those things. Although there is a moment where the the blacksmith dwarf is like, "Where's all the armor I made for you before?" Yeah, and Kratos yeah. is like, "I used it." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, try not to get this one to these destroyed." He's like, "No." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Kratos is very very funny in this. He is in a way yeah, that he's he a great one liners really before. Yeah, and um and part of that is because Atreus and Mimir are familiar and, and kind of you know Atreus isn't afraid to sort of play with him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a that's a good hey ribs him change. Um, because it's funny. Like, but I think Kratos also in this game is coming to terms with the fact that <laughs> Atreus is is not going to be ultimately be a pushover either. Like, he's, no, he's, he's his son. He's starting to understand that like he's going to be really powerful, mm-hmm. and he start he you see the respect start to be reciprocated back towards yeah. Atreus in this versus it was a one way street in the prior game. Um, yeah, Kratos is ex- has accepted that he has to like let Atreus. Spread his wings a little bit. And Mermir or whatever, the, the disembodied head, mm-hmm. the dialogue that he has with Kratos is also pushes him in that direction. He tells him yeah. all the time, look, you need to let him learn. Yeah, they're, needs... they're, they're co-parenting a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fun. It's it's Look, it's a great game. There's no denying it. Like, I have been hooked on this game for the last week, and it made it very hard to put it down and go play other things because you start playing the other things mm-hmm. and you realize the craftsmanship compared to this game is an effing joke. Like mm-hmm. it's there's the, the little details that you can tell they spent four years with a really talented development team working, grinding on this game. You can see it clear as day, all the work that has gone into this game. Um, but it's not without faults. And I, I'll just be honest with you. I have not enjoyed it as much as the game from 2018. I think a lot of it is because it is very samey and very similar. Um, And in a lot of ways, in all the best ways, um, the best parts of the 2018 game are absolutely here, but it's lost that ability, that shock and awe Mm -hmm. that the first one had. And and, and to our points we were making earlier, I feel like the story is constructed in such a way that that hasn't kind of helped abate that feeling. Yeah, and I... I think it'll it'll generally work overall. I do know that they've talked about it being a trilogy, mm-hmm. and like the next one's going to have to be very different. That was my that was kind of my closing question. Yeah, is will this be good enough in another four years? No, I think I think and look just from what I've already seen so far, I think this is going to end in a way that sets things up to be very different. I am very nervous. Mm-hmm. I'll put it to you that way. I'm 22 hours in, and as I said, I haven't really gotten any hints of an end game or anything, but just certain little lines of dialogue here and there, a couple scenes that are in yeah. the game. I'm starting to get nervous. Yeah, and the um, and the other thing, of course, with Sony Santa Monica, it's like if you're asking the question, are they going to have the balls too? The answer is always always yes. yes. So, yeah. um, not I, saying anything, not spoiling anything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens end, yet. <laughs> but like, I do know that if I were telling this story, the third game would be a very different beast from the first two. Yeah. Just by nature of I what the narrative would be. have to be. And like, yeah, you change it around, and then from there you go forward into a very different world. Yeah. Um, I do hope, I do hope that this is the last one that deals heavily with Norse stuff. Yeah. I think I'm, 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 I'll be I'm good. good. I'm, I'm done with, I'm done with all the Norse shit. Yeah. I want to see them go. I want to, 
have like a a crazy ma- a crazy chase like quest through the the pantheons of all these all these other pantheons they've teased. Yeah. So. Well, it's been crazy for me because I just came back from Greece. And right. so it's been a little bit disappointing to see how little of Greek mythology is actually in this mm. game. It's Well, that's because he killed it all. Right. Already. <laughs> He's already wiped it all off the off of his universe. So um, great game. I recommend I buying it. I do like it when 100%. some of the other characters know who he is and yeah. know what happened. Oh yeah. Like it's Well, I mean, that's kind of like, the whole plot the, of this yeah, game. They know those like, blades. Everybody knows what he's yeah. done and and you're finally he's starting to, and like it. Atreus is finally starting to uh, kind of recognize wh- the magnitude of what his what, father did. What happened? Yeah. And th- that that's in him too. Yeah. Like, like there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yep. Like you could, you Nuance. know, I, I'm sure they're thinking about it, but like you want to do a prestige TV series out of this thing the way they did with Last of Us, it's here. Yeah, I mean, you, I think it, that's probably going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I think it's safe to say that... I imagine that's going to happen after they have more on the table. Like, you know, because clearly you can't make the TV show before you know how the game ends. But, uh, no, I, I think that I think there's you could justify that. Yeah. Um, and here you're seeing another playing as Atreus. You're seeing with a dead the, child. Yeah, with a different <laughs> sidekick um, than, than Atreus himself. But they all control the same. So once you get used to working with the sidekicks in this game, I did call that years ago that you would play as Atreus in this game. Yeah, like that was that was obvious that that's. Where I don't you're think going. it's a stretch, but no. But I, <laughs> it was interesting because when you, first, I'm like, okay, how's this going to work, ranged boy? In, yeah. uh, you know, in a, in a game that is very melee focused, but they made it work. Yeah, it, it's it's. Well, I mean, he's actually pretty fun to play as, and a lot of times when you switch off of the main character for me i get kind of spiky i get a little bit like yeah i want to play this guy i like i don't want to play this also ran but his like, finishers he, are great he's cool though. like yeah he, he's uh it's a it's a fun it's also like because you're fighting a lot of the same enemies and you have to fight them so differently it yeah. makes it a different combat challenge which yeah I like. but if you start using your sidekicks correctly he gets set up for finishers over yeah. and over again like you hardly ever have to chip down enemies to get past half their health before he'll get set up and you just run up mm-hmm. and tap the click the r3 and finish him off and there's a lot of fun so like if you watch what because uh Citri sh- uh throws things and he pulls them out of his magic bag thing mm-hmm. and they're all different yeah like it's, it's like if you just watch it what he's throwing uh-huh. it's the variety is crazy you're right like, it is they, crazy yep a lot of a lot of attention to detail in the, in the game. Yep, and that's what I loved about the first game, and that is absolutely here as well. Um, so, Matt, I mean, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here to say that we both recommend buying this game. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, as the long as the craftsmanship in this, oh, you yeah. rarely experience this level. As of long detail. as you weren't expecting like them to completely reinvent the wheel, which would have been yeah. pretty silly based on the videos we'd already seen. Yeah, it's exactly what you think it is, and it's exactly as good as you expect it to be from Sony Santa Monica. Yeah. But I do think this is kind of my last pass for this franchise. Yeah, I, I, the next one needs to be a, a different thing. I mean, you don't need to reinvent the wheel completely in terms of like perspective and how the gameplay, but you need to do something very different with what you're doing, where you're doing it, and how you're doing it. Yeah, um, it needs to be. It needs to be a reinvention on the level, on kind of the of the nature maybe of like between Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, that's you a know? good that's a good analogy. I think um, maybe not it, change the genre necessarily, but like. Something needs to really shift. I mean, I think it probably needs to be open world, like a real open world game. Maybe. I mean, I, I think, think it probably will be. I don't think we need to worry about that for yeah for another a while. four years. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll end up playing this again. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know if there's going to be a lot of great like post game yeah, content. Like, here's the thing though: like with the the, the non open world, lets you have these areas that all feel so 
like chunky and real and there and designed. Like, a lot more know, detail. Can like, I don't know if used, I want to yeah. lose that. I mean, because look at all the detail and all that gear work there. Yeah. Like in an open world game, you're probably not going to get that. Yeah. But or you would, but it would be few and far. You know, you'd have to traverse area. It would you know. be in a, in a like an empty expanse. Where- yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you have that now here where like it's basically what the um, what the boat is. You know, yeah. The boat isn't. It's technically an open world with a lot of canals. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, I think just the other way around would be to just do it as like, you know, horse or something, or I don't know, whatever mythological creature you decide to have Kratos or whoever ride. Um, I don't know. Like to me, and so like, I don't know. Like to me, I'm not thinking like reinvented as a open world game. I'm thinking more like, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, I, it's hard to, to to kind of verbalize what I'm thinking, but it just it just needs to feel very different while still being the same series. Yeah, and well, I think it's not as drastic as between obviously God of War three and this. Yeah, but like I don't know, like I think you've gone as far as you can go with Kratos and the boy. Like, yeah, they're journeying. Together. I think organically that's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. So. But it feels like it's kind of heading that way. Um, I mean, I in my head, I imagine. That in the third game, Kratos is the antagonist. So, well, you know, I feel like in the end, you got to fight the God of War. Yeah, but there's someone else in this game that they call the God of War. Yeah, I mean, there's gods <laughs> of war everywhere. I mean, I, I mean, you, you, there's also it's also possible that you end up in a situation where you got to go kill all the gods of war, right? Across all the pantheons, That's, could be. Yeah, and uh, there's other gods in those pantheons that aren't going to be too happy about that plan, and so you have to fight them too. Like there could be a you could do. I mean, I, look, I just want to see Kratos fight Egypt. Like, it's like <laughs> Egyptian gods are so fucking crazy that I'd love to see them get like kind of you know imagined here. That would be cool. Yep. Especially with like the weird take they have on like you know like Odin being a middle management like deal maker. Like I'd love to see what they do with like Osiris. Yeah, because there's you can play with some of oh, that yeah. stuff really well. Like, yep. it doesn't all have to be like super badass heavy metal cover stuff. Like it could be really funny. Yeah, like it, you know, there's a little touch of that in this one. Yeah, like there's, there's definitely a they, lot more humor in this one. Yeah, they definitely they lean into the absurdity of some of the myths in this that I think is is refreshing. Yep, especially for this series because the Greek stuff did not. Yeah, not so my own Hercules a little bit. Yep. So that's. Two thumbs up from Game Face. Mm-hmm. Easy buy. I'm guessing most of you guys have already bought it by now. Um, you're already enjoying it. And you may be even further than I am at this point. And you're like, oh, Shane's wrong or Shane's right. Let's try to keep it clean in the chat. Though. Let's not ruin anything for anyone. Um, but I'm having a blast with it. I don't know how exactly how much further I still have to go. Uh, but I have not wanted to stop playing. And it made some of my time this week feel like a job. <laughs> mm. uh, we're very lucky and that this you know doing this running sifted game phase packer factor it very rarely feels like work for me it felt like work this week because i had to pull myself away from god of war ragnarok to play some of the other games for the show and it was i mean really isn't work doing something you don't want to do for money mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't that what work is usually yeah typically so that's i had to do a little bit of work this week uh to play some other games um, because I am enjoying God of War Ragnarok so much. So, um, you know, we tend on Game Face to try to point out a lot of faults because there are some people where specific faults are deal breakers for them. And if we bring something up, that may tell somebody that they don't want to play the game at all. So uh, we do tend to bring up a lot of faults on Game Face, but at the end of the discussion, we always finish up yeah. with our If you're annoyed by Aloy pointing out how you get through puzzles, <laughs> this thing's going to drive you up the fucking wall. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the worst... It's the worst um, 
here's how you solve this before you even get a chance to solve it i've ever seen in a game yeah and i would argue if you don't like environmental puzzles you probably won't like it that much yeah. either but also like, if you play the first one you know that you do. and you shouldn't be playing this game without playing the first one yeah the f- <laughs> i'm impressed by how much the game just assumes you already know how to play yeah which game's better 2018 or this one i don't know yet i mean i'm inclined to think it'll be the first one i've pulled up I played twenty some hours of this. I wholeheartedly but, believe the first game is better already. Like I'm gonna have to see because like I'm I'm right now I'm not far enough to make that judgment, but I do feel like we're kind of in an Arkham Asylum, Arkham City situation where it's gonna depend whether you like you know fast and very tight specific or like big and sprawling. Yeah, because um, yeah. they're so similar in other ways. So like yep. you know it's, I, I prefer City to Asylum, but I understand why someone would like Asylum because it's so you know there's not a wasted inch in yeah. that game. Yep. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to come down to, like, what you value more. Maybe we'll come back to this in next week's episode once Matt's had a chance to play even more of it. Mm-hmm. And just spend maybe five minutes in the show open or close uh, talking about it. Um, actually, maybe we should go and check the chat and see what people are saying. Because I think your opinions have a lot of value. Not just for us, but for the people who watch Game Face in the archive on YouTube or wherever. Oh, Henry Pumpkins. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, Mike's Q, did you see that you can change the traversal options? Yeah, we mentioned that, actually, um, that it, you can set it up for auto-traversal in a lot of cases. Um, and we did not know that last week. Lesteved, thank you for Twitch Prime. 31 months? That's quite a run you got going there. Thank you, man. Um, Sneaky, what's going on, man? Hope you're doing good. Would you rather this is the way it is, the same but fantastic, or something new and different but meh? Well, I would never choose meh over this. Yeah. Never. Like... But you can do something new and different and make it awesome because that's what God of War in 2018 was. <laughs> so it's very possible to do it, and they've proven that they can do it already. This studio has proven that they can do it. So I don't think it's one or the other, but to answer your question, yeah, I'd rather have the same but fantastic if the different is meh. Hmm. Um, Cinetai, this is subjective, but do you feel like the game was held back by being cross-gen? Yeah, I do a little bit. Absolutely. Not really, no. I think visually it has. Maybe um, visually in terms of like some of that, but like overall, I don't see what you'd, you'd have done differently that could only have been done on PS5 outside of visual bells and whistles. I yeah. Think game design-wise, it would have been the same thing. I mean, I think that they were going to design it this way no matter what because yeah. it's a sequel. Also, as we said last week, I'm pretty sure they thought this was going to come out like a year earlier. Yeah. But I do think that if they decided to go the open world route with the next game, that the fact that I'm assuming the next game will be a PS5 exclusive, mm-hmm. I think the hardware will help in that endeavor. Yeah. And you uh, don't know, maybe they could make it open world with, with that. Yeah. Sneaky does bring up something that's interesting. He says, gameplay-wise, it's held back. Those crawl spaces that slow uh, and slow down path things they do. Um, yeah, I mean, they're less loading cracks liberal hack mm-hmm. brings it up there are cracks in the game that you crawl through there where they're loading the next section of the game mm-hmm. which is ridiculous like that should not have to happen in this game with the on the playstation 5 particularly but because you're also making it for ps4 you have to do it that way yeah. so but that they also is, walk a lot faster in those sections than they do in the other than they did in the other game that's so. true yeah I mean, I'm, I, I am a little oversensitive to those kind of things. Just like, you know, certainly in Final Fantasy VII Remake, that half ruined the game for me. Yeah. The other half being the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a problem here. But, uh, yeah, it's not so. It's not super bad. And I like that they do sometimes find out way, find ways to justify it. Like, I like that. Like, oh, you gotta, we got to duck through this tunnel and, yeah. and duck under this thing. Because they're dwarves here. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so they're short. <laughs> so they don't aren't built for a six-and-a-half-foot-tall yeah. Greek guy. You yeah. Know? So, so they, it's fine. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's not, not it's not ideal or anything yeah it's not a deal breaker but it's also not ideal but like you see you see it sometimes yeah yep 
Uh, but otherwise, it's a great game. Um, highly recommend going out. Again, it's a very large game, so you're going to get your money's worth. If you go and buy it, you're not going to buy it and then be done with it in a day. And I mean, I've been like dedicated to this game since we talked about it last time, and I'm still not done with it. So it's definitely worthy of your money. Um, I'm having a blast playing it, and I can't wait to finish it. And hopefully I do that before we talk next week. But maybe not because I have to talk, I have to play games like this next game, which is Sonic Frontiers. Talk about a brand new take on an old franchise. Mm -hmm. Sonic Frontiers is an open world Sonic game, which when I first heard of the idea, I thought it was completely idiotic and absurd. And then we saw some footage of the game and we read some previews where it started to maybe make a little bit more sense. Mm -hmm. And then I played it and now I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> like, I don't hate it, but I don't know that it works. I think the open world stuff works for the yeah. most part better than the combat. Okay. Um, all my issues with this, because I actually like running around the open world and finding weird shit. Like and like, you find little roller coaster sections and jump through mm -hmm. things. Also, I am weirdly constantly reminded of Death Stranding by this game. I hmm. think because it's so gray and like kind of blank. No, I see what you're saying that, because the sky is like really blue. Yeah, and then the ground is like really detailed, but it's like this gray it's kind and of black, gray, dark, gray brown yeah. thing. And then like I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then like when you when you do the checkpoints that give you the map stuff, they build more like rails and like the idea is you can ri you don't really have fast travel you can ride the rails quickly between the checkpoint parts and for some reason that reminds me of building like the electric highways in death mm. stranding and like i just keep thinking of death stranding when i play this game and that's not a compliment sonic frontiers <laughs> like that's not something i want to be reminded of well um, matt what it reminds me of very often is breath of the wild they are definitely trying to do that. I mean, yeah. it is blatantly obvious that Sonic Team loves them some Breath of the Wild. Like, the character models in this, like, the way that the interactions happen, the explosions, mm -hmm. the open world stuff, how there are just creatures flying in the sky just that you can discover and you can get on and ride. Like, you can just tell. They're like, we're going to do an open world for Sonic, and we're going to do it, we're going to try to do it the way that they did it with Breath of the Wild. And I would actually argue that the open world in this has far more to do. Oh, absolutely. Than Breath of the Wild's yeah. open world does. It's not just this empty wasteland where there's no stuff. The problem is, is that it's just, it's very bizarre just plopping little pieces of Sonic levels down onto the ground. Like I've found like a lot of this, my time spent playing this game, once you get further into it and it gets a little more challenging because it's really easy at first. Once you get in a little further into it, a little more challenging, you're constantly looking for that one bumper that will send mm -hmm. you up to where you need to get to. I found a lot of my time playing this game is tipping the camera up so I'm looking down on the ground and then just running around as fast as I can trying to find that one thing that will pop you up to that rail or that building in the sky where there's like a whole network of roller coaster things that you can go on. I don't I don't know that Sonic works in the open world. The other problem too is that like I found that things are designed to go one way. So yeah, you come the, yeah. you come across like a rail, you hop on it, you start grinding along, you get to the end and you hit a bumper that sends you back, you back the other yeah. direction. Like and if you find the lines, it's almost like a skateboarding game in some ways mm -hmm. where you find the line. 
You're like, okay, here's like a speed pad. If I hit this, it sends me directly onto this rail, which then sends me off of the rail through these hoops that will send me into the sky, which will get me onto another roller coaster rail, which will take me up into the stratosphere to this other building I didn't even know was there. Like when that happens, it works. Mm -hmm. But if you're running against the grain, against the design, it is annoying AF. Yeah, there's there's kind of two ways you traverse each section area of the game, and that's sort of like as you are moving into it, everything's sort of aligned so you can find those lines and find those places. And if you backtrack, you can kind of like work your way around like that. But like, you kind of accept that you're going to be going against the grain a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is fine for the most part. Um, it's it, uh, for me. I think it's it's a weird game in the sense that it over communicates some things and not others. Yeah, uh, like there's things where it goes on and on about all these certain moves you can do, and then at no point does it explain exactly what the red hearts are. Right. You're like, it doesn't have to though, because they'll just they'll, an icon will pop up to tell you where to take it like immediately. Like, right. But like <laughs> you're collecting all this crap. None of it makes any sense no. for why you're and collecting it, it or where the, you're taking it. But also the visuals don't communicate what it like. Like, you collect the heart things. You get tons yeah. of them. Yeah. Like, and then when you run into characters and things, you use the hearts to talk to them. Yeah. And when you do that, Sonic, like, holds his hand out and a bunch of hearts pop out of him and flow into the other character. And then a cutscene starts. Yeah. And I figured I was using my hearts up doing that. But it turns out you're not. Yeah. Because the total stays the same. So what does that cutscene mean? I what think you you're trying to make the, the character that you're giving the hearts to become a part of the real world and bring them right. out of the cyber world. But, but you don't give them hearts. You still have the same number of hearts you had There's before. There's just a cutscene showing. So what showing, does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's And stuff like that. It's just like, what, what, is, what is that? You have so many things you collect. I think there's like seven things you collect overall. It's like there's the se blue seeds and the red seeds and the little... And not chow many. things and the heart things and the rings and i think there's another thing that upgrades like the gear the ring. thing <laughs> yeah it's just on and on and on and on and then the the shards which then let you upgrade your skill tree and it and it's it's a lot and then yeah. like the, and the ui like the ui isn't bad but it's boring like yeah. if you go to the, you have the ui where it shows it it is the it is it, it's like the main game is sort of like oh it's it's these things and all these roller coasters and sonic's running around at super speed and, da, da, and you go to the main menu and it's like like a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like <laughs> it does not feel like it fits at all. And but like, yeah. but I will. But I will say this. Um, one of the other things you, like when you beat big enemies or various things, you you get these gears, like yeah. these cogs. And you plug those into these temples, and they unlock Sonic levels. The like fun levels, Sonic yeah. Levels. And some of these Sonic levels are fucking bangers. Yeah, they're like, good. A couple of these are really, really good. It still does have the same problem, though. Like, the camera doesn't keep up. I found myself, like, trying to adjust the camera while I'm going around turns because it's not showing me, like, a good enough angle. I rarely like, do that in the in the actual levels. Really? I do, I do it in... I found myself doing that a lot. Uh, and then when I go around a turn, I end up getting caught on, like, a piece of geometry on the curve. Like There's one there's one level where it has a sharp turn at the beginning that I've never figured out how to navigate it without properly. Stopping. Without Without running against the wall. Yeah, I'm sure there's but, some way to do it. But Oh, I you know run it a few t I, you know I do run them a few times to get all the you, you every objective there's four objectives on every one and I think it's finish the level finish with the S rank time uh, finish with a certain number of rings which varies per level yep. and find all I think it's six red rings which are basically like red red coins and yeah they and, encourage you to play it over and over and get the S rank yeah. and, and I usually do do that for each of them and I will say once you kind of know the level well enough to get through it in S rank time 
Like that's some good Sonic. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's a couple of them that I was like, this is as, this is as good as 3D Sonic gets. Really. Yeah. yeah um, I thought some of the and a couple of the levels are 2D. They are. Like, yeah. They're just side or some of them are mixed. They're and they mix back and, and forth. Like if you liked that kind of thing in uh, Sonic Generations, like this is as good as they've gotten since then. Like, yeah. There's some good stuff in here. Yep, I agree. Um, but it, there's not enough of it. No, it's it's few and far between. I think the first island takes hours to complete, and I think there's seven Sonic yeah. levels to find in that. Yeah. So there's there's a, there's actually a lot of Sonic levels for a full game. But there's they, a lot. There've been other games where you got four. They're you short know? though. I mean, they last like a minute or whatever. When you, and yeah, but that's the problem. That's with, the problem with, with Sonic. The Sonic all level. the work for one you minute of fun. Work, yeah, you do all that the same amount of work for any other game's level, but everybody gets through it in fifty seconds. <laughs> it's rough. You know, that's <laughs> it is rough, and that's expensive. Yeah, like, that costs a lot of money. But they they kind of found a way around it here by also having the open world. Now, at first, I really liked the open world because you can. The here's the other thing too: the tone of the game. When you're in the open world, is completely different from any Sonic game ever. Like mm-hmm. the music is like ambient, like downbeat, or like really chill, like trance. Yeah, or it's, it's weirdly melancholy. It's it is. It's like almost depressing the music. But yeah. I found like it's like a, around, it's like a game made out of the feelings of playing other Sonic games. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> that is a hundred percent on the money. But the music is great. Like, I really enjoy it. And so, at first, I really liked just playing around in the open world because, unlike Breath of the Wild, there's something to do, like, every 30 feet. The problem is, the more you play it, the more you realize it's the same, like, three things. Yeah, it it has a Mario Odyssey problem where every reward starts to feel the same, no matter what you do to get it. But it's what you do to get it that's the same, too. There's, like, okay, get from here to this pad before the timer Mm -hmm. runs out. There's trace a circle around these enemies or around these objects. Oh, it loves that trace a circle move. And I'll be honest Everything. with you, it feels good. I like doing it. It does. But it you do it like a million times. Like there's like three or four things that you do in the open world other than just like trying to figure out how to traverse like the roller coaster stuff that you just do over and over again. So this is one of those games where the more I played it, the less I enjoyed the open world and the more I thirsted for these types of levels right here. Mm. And as you pointed out, there aren't as many as you want. And when you do play them, they last like 50 seconds. That's not even exaggerating. That's really right there. 50 seconds. Yeah. That's really how long like they last. And that's a B time. Yeah, exactly. You do better. (laughs) Exactly. Now be fair. That's the first one. Like some of them are more involved. Some of them are hard. They're real good. Yeah. Um, and like yeah, I still I do like the open world well enough. Um, like it's a very good podcast game. Like yeah. you will never run out of weird open world little. Because you also don't do. really care what they're saying. No. Like I played the no. first three hours with the audio on, and I was like, I feel like I'm losing IQ points listening to this game. Well, the, the voice I just turned it off. The voice acting. The voice acting is a terrible. Yeah, and B. <laughs> I don't agree with a single casting choice in this yeah. game except Robotnik. No one yeah. sounds right like the as the character. Like but the Sonic's voice all crappy. Sonic's voice like... is bizarre. Like I don't know why you pick that voice for him. <laughs> the story's dumb. The cutscenes are crappy. Like the graphics aren't great. Like we were talking last week about Bayonetta three about how crappy the enemies were in that game. Well, yeah, this is another <laughs> Sonic Frontier says, "Hold my beer." Even like you know, at least the old old Sonic enemies did not have a personality problem, and these guys do, and that's oh. part. Of, and that's part of the plot. But the other thing, of course, is you know when you're not running, rolling around at the speed of sound, as Sonic Two would, Sonic Adventure Two would say, um, game controls like a squirrel on 
rabies. It's still crap. Like it's, it's, yeah. And when you have to actually be precise about things, which is usually happening during like a, a boss battle, yeah, it's infuriating. Dude, like the, the camera too. Like the so- boss fights in this game are trash. They are trash. Like they're and they're not. Some of it feels unfinished. Like you're tra- like the the first one you meet is the big guy. You know the big thing with the three tentacles that smashes thing yep. down, and you're you have to climb up the tentacle. And like I've ended up inside the tentacle. No, I've yeah. ended up clipping through the tentacle. I've ended yeah. up clipping through the body. I've ended up under the ground. I've had to restart. I've had the game crash. Like. There is no you cannot depend on the on the gameplay to 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 do what you expect it to do in the in the fights in this game at all. Well the problem is And is they know hit- it because the parry is just hold. There's yeah. no timing on the parry. Yeah, yeah. Which is like I'm like, oh, so you know your combat's shit. Well the problem is anytime you hit like a bumper or a ring that you fly through, the camera wants to go top down. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is sometimes it just happens accidentally, and the cut the camera goes top down. You're like, no, 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 I still need to see behind the, my character or whatever. It just this game is not done. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, it, the boss battles feel unfinished. A, a good part of it to me feels unfinished. I don't think I'd go that far. It's out, the combat feels like it was never fully baked. That's my yeah. main thing. And the, usually the combat doesn't matter. Like even fight like a mini fight like this thing, like. Not too bad. Once you power up a little bit, you can. There's like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Once you power up a little bit, like most of this this combat is is trivial. Yeah. But like when you're fighting like a mini boss or a big boss, like a lot of it is just like it's it's not you versus the enemy. It's you versus the camera and what the whether the game agrees that you're holding the same direction on the analog stick that you think you are. Yeah. And it's you can get screwed up by things that are that can or trying to jump like onto a platform like the the angle. You're like, okay, now I need the top down angle, but no. You hit this bumper and it's behind Sonic yeah. while he's fl- while he's careening towards this platform and like judging the distance and landing on the platform is like impossible. Yeah. Well, then like you're and the it depends when they're going to show you like that thing there like that's a minor example but you know it rockets you up. Yep. And instead of tilting down to show you what you're about to hit, because once you get up to the top of that jump that you just did up that little rail, yep. you have to move forward with the boost button to right. hit that ring and then move forward to get the rest of the stuff. And you don't know that ring's there until you pop up in front of it. And by the yep. time you realize, oh, I got to hit the right trigger, you start falling already. Like, yep. It does that constantly. It yeah, does it constantly. <laughs> and then you got to go do it again. And then you get it right the second time, but it constantly is not showing you the situation you're about to have to deal with. So you have to memorize these tracks. Yeah, yeah. And then go back in. And, like, look, it's not it's not a bad game. It's, fu- it's, it's not. It's fine. I think it's borderline bad. I, I, I don't say it. I, don't I think, think so. it's right, right on the fringe. I don't, think, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's fine. It's okay. The thing is, Also, the thing is, I'm going to give it a little bit of leeway because... It's trying something. It is. It's trying to do yeah. something. And so many... I can't remember the last Sonic game that didn't just feel like they just needed to get something out the door. Right. And they're trying to do something interesting here. And they don't really achieve it. I thought they did it first. Yeah. I when thought, I first I started they, playing, yeah. I was like, hot damn. Like, I like this open world. And like... I don't have to walk like two miles to find something else to do, but then you start yeah, to realize I'll, that's all there is. But I do think that I like I think I've come out the other side of that disillusionment, and you haven't. Where I'm like I, I, I've kind of accepted what it is. Okay. And now I kind of back to like oh this is kind of I mean it's not, obviously it's not going to stop me from playing God of War, but like it's it's not bad. You know they they're trying something here, and I kind of like what I they're appreciate after. the effort, and I and I wish they'd gotten closer to what they were trying to get. 
and it's a little weirdly too complicated control wise where it's like okay there's a different button that jumps that dashes that attacks that homes in and another button that does like you can do the the da- like the light dash along the rings but that's yeah. another button like yeah. like you got to remember you a lot of controls start unlocking attacks as well like once I got this kick attack, like all the combat just became a joke. Yeah, well, I'll say, well, I have the, the <laughs> Sonic, I have a Sonic Boom attack out. where you hold left trigger and he just like backs away and does like a, like oh, a yeah. forty hit combo with like shooting little air like energy arrows. Yeah, kills everything. Like the bo- the first boss, like when you fight those guys again, you know the, one of the difficult things is to kill to kill little towers at the top. They got force fields around them. Yep. But with that move, I just hit. The, I just do you that. Stay and in place. It's over. Yeah. Like it's, it be, everything becomes trivial after a while. Yeah, um, the combat became really easy. Um, the game at first is really easy. Like I didn't really have any problems like getting through any parts of the combat or the boss fights or anything like that. It does get a little more challenging as you go, but yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. yeah. The open world has a fog of war, and as you complete objectives in the open world, mm-hmm. that pulls back the fog yeah and sometimes you cannot find the thing that finishes off the map in certain areas yeah and i there's one part early on that still has gaps in it and i don't know what Where, that's about what you need to do yeah, to, i don't know maybe that maybe the final gaps fill in when you get all of them for the main possible island. it's possible we know. never even talked about the story in this does it matter no <laughs> like dr eggman and sonic's crew gets trapped in this in cyberspace in a digital space, world of like, cyberspace which is why everything's little critters called the cocos or whatever Again, the the characters in this, like the Coco's straight out of yeah. Breath of the Wild. Well, like, also, they literally look like they were ripped out of Breath of the Wild. Korok, Coco. Yep. They also have a little bit of Chow going on. Yep. Um, there are Chows. I yeah. like you end up collecting these Chows that are all over. Like you end up having a little army that follows you around. After yeah, those a while. are the Cocos. Yeah, and like they that that was also confusing because they just sit around the world and you you can like pick them up but if you hold still too long all the ones you've collected pop out and say hello to you and i'm like do i need to collect you well, there's like them? 50 of them sitting there well because normally when when something pops out of sonic it means you lost it right yeah. and i was like did i lose this guy i need to collect him again no i guess no. he's sitting there it was very weird <laughs> yeah um it, 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 the game has a weird thing where it doesn't communicate very effectively sometimes yeah. um but yeah there's there's that and that's how you power some stuff up and think it's like I said, there's too much to collect in this game. Uh, there's too many different. There's too many different. It's it's like Star Fox Adventures. It's just like there's too many grievances. The game also, I don't think, looks very good. The draw-in in this is the worst like LOD I've seen in a video game in a really, really long time. And in this game, it matters because you literally see like the roller coaster parts drawing in before your eyes. Like all the foliage on the ground draws in. Like this engine is not built for this. I don't think. And the funny part I noticed too is when you boot the game up, one of the middleware programs they use for this is just for LOD. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of it before, but it's called like Total LOD or something like that. I'm like, this is not a glowing endorsement for your middleware, this game. Like, it's bad. Like, in Sonic, just, I, I think... Didn't, I didn't notice it that much. Oh, really. man. There's a I'm, there's some scenes in this B-roll where you can just literally see all the detail in a wave just appearing mm-hmm. across the environments as Sonic moves, like... It's bad. Like the the railways and the stuff in the sky, they all appear. You haven't seen that? Sometimes, but I, I haven't I haven't noticed it that much. Wow, it's it's jarring to me. Like it affects gameplay for me. I've never had that affect gameplay for me. I'm playing PS5. I don't yeah, know if that I'm matters. On, I'm on Series X. I don't know if there's a difference there. It could be. I, am, I, am, I have not watched any digital foundry on this game. If they in fact have even wasted their time <laughs> doing that, I don't know. but I like the Sonic character model looks like a character model from like last gen. Like. He should look like crazy detailed. 
Should with he? like awesome fur shading and like should he? like I don't, I don't think these he characters should look, should look almost like as that. good as he does in the films. He looks well, literally a, like an almost like an Xbox 360 character model. I think. I think. I think that's intentional. I think they. Want, I think they want them to look like cartoons. It's possible. I don't. You know, I don't a, but he just stands out with like because you're in this realistic environment and it's this weird cartoonish like flat shaded. Yeah, but all the characters. Character. Look like that. I I know, but I just don't think it's a good stylistic choice if that's even what it is. I don't know. I I I, mm, I don't I don't care about that. I, I think I think Sonic just looks like Sonic. I I, I think I, he looks bad in the cutscenes, but the 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 well, cutscenes and the story bad is so the bad. Cuts. Does that I, like, matter? Like, like there's parts in the cutscenes where he's in the middle of talking and he moves around and his feet are just sliding around on the ground like yeah. they aren't connected to anything. Like the cutscenes are terrible. They are terrible. But I I, I don't yeah. know. I, I think he looks fine like he looks like sonic they, they're cartoons they've never gone for detail on these things I, I just, and i think comparing I, him to other games it's just he's not up to scratch like it's just not a good character yeah, model he looks, he looks like mario like mario doesn't have perfect he looks better than sonic in this game even on know. switch he even looks better mm, i don't know he might from going forward because i think that movie's going to change some stuff but. yeah in terms of what people expect from from fidelity i was really surprised how much like breath of the wild this game was it caught me off guard like i was like wow man like it's almost shameless how much they rip off of as far as like the style and like the architecture and the character model like the bad guys in this could have literally been ripped right out of breath of the wild i never would have said no that doesn't match like kind of surprising this this feels like the me too sonic game like okay people have complained that we've been trapped in like 2010 or whatever like all right <laughs> now we're trapped in 2017 pretty much like that? pretty much i mean that's really where what it comes down to yeah. but that's how far behind this franchise has been so i agree with you i i am glad to see that they are making positive changes in a new direction mm -hmm. like it needed it but it's the execution just still isn't no it's not it's not, not nothing is fully realized here. yeah that's it's, a good way to put it actually um that's there's another thing that confuses so like one of the things you're doing is you're going around collecting the chaos emeralds out of these big contraptions that hold them in it right but if you complete some of these quests you have to do you get little emeralds at the end of that too so are those Chaos Emeralds? I don't even know. Because aren't there seven of them? I tuned so out after a while, Matt, because there are so many collectibles. Here, I think this is the scene where you can start to see the LOD. You can see it right there. See the LOD, the line there? Watch it. You oh, yeah. see the shadows popping in? Oh, yeah. Look, but I mean... That, but that's the cutscene. Look I've at never... the line of LOD, though. See that? Yeah. You didn't notice that while you were playing it? I noticed it during this cutscene. I don't really notice it while I'm playing. Wow. No. Okay. Maybe it is PS5, then. Maybe there's just something weird with the hardware. Um, but here's the thing, Matt. I have had a fun with this, and I have actually played it for a good while already. So if I had paid full price for this, like, I don't know that I would regret it all that much. I think if you're a Sonic fan, you're going to forgive a lot of the flaws. Yeah. I, I, I think it's probably not a bad buy. Um, if you're not, though, I probably would struggle to tell someone to buy this at full price. Yeah, I, I don't think this is for, like, your, your average, you know casual sonic enjoyer necessarily <laughs> um also the good news is i'm pretty sure this thing's gonna drop like a rock by yeah. next spring so you can probably get this pretty because cheap. you know that retailers ordered a ton of these and i'm honestly surprised at the review scores this metacritic is way off like it's way too high i don't know what these people were thinking when they played this game like what did, I, it, what did it get critically i mean the last time i looked at this metacritic it was at like eight or something like that and i was like dude oh, this that's, that's ridiculous <laughs> it's nowhere near an eight like this is like 
Okay, see exactly like why why doesn't that bounce you up right. reliably to the level it you need so, to dude, be? It was so dude, it's so annoying. I, like, I <laughs> all the time. And then I just clipped through yeah. it and yep. just started attacking. The boss fights are garbage. Just garbage. They are, they are they are unfinished on a level that is hard to put into words until you really have to struggle with it. Yeah. And also you guys like there's some, there's things like this. Like so these are the little chow equivalents basically. Mm. There's a there's a quest in here where like you are supposed to rescue one and re- rescue a bunch of them and return them to their mother, and the mother picks one of them out of the thing and they kind of do this little dance and then they die. Like, I didn't or like, see that. They're like souls leave their bodies and they fall over unanimated and the others are like, oh, really? And Amy and Sonic are like, I missed what that. What the fuck was that? <laughs> and Sonic and, and and Amy's like, I it felt like they were done. And Sonic's <laughs> like, I'm gonna go. Like, I'm gonna, and it was just so weird. Like it's. Like, I don't know what, like, like, the tone on this game is all over the damn place. Ashes in the Hourglass says the Metacritic is at 72 now. That's That's a little more in the realm of reality. Like, I would give, yeah, I would probably give this, like, a 7 on a, if I was having a really good day. Like, if I was feeling very generous. I would have given this a 7 after I played the first two hours of it. Mm -hmm. And then the more I played it, the worse it became, and the less I enjoyed it. Because the open world became very monotonous, and I didn't enjoy playing in the open world anymore. The other thing, too, is that you start going to, like, new areas. They does, all look he, the same. He does have a lot of detail in his glove. Yeah. His glove. There's the one cutscene shows yeah. his glove with, like, water dripping yeah, on his it. His clothes do have detail, but he, his, he just doesn't. Well, there's another scene, too, and I don't know if I can find it, sorting through this real quickly, where it's raining, and, like... The rain bouncing on yeah, actually yeah. I found it right there. Perfect. <laughs> look at the rain bouncing off of him, but then look at the actual rain itself. Like it doesn't match. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know, man. I just this game is not. It feels great. like a bunch of separate teams kind of <laughs> it does. pushing like, their yeah, I got this part together. done. Let's snap it together. There's the gloves. Yeah. They show the look at the water dropping on the gloves. <laughs> like, that's that's one effect you could use over and over again. Yes, that's <laughs> Also, I mean, how weird is it? Like, I always think it's weird. You know, there's a reason cartoon characters with the with it the looks old like they're style, static on his head instead of the rain. old style gloves are usually drawn with four fingers right. instead of five. Yeah. And like, there you go, because otherwise the hands look weird. Yeah, yeah. Also, I recently learned that his feet in the under the shoes are blue. Like, oh, really? All blue, and I don't like that. <laughs> Does that bother you? <laughs> I don't, I don't, for some reason, that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I, look, I don't say that I regret playing it. No, like I, I've had some fun with it. It's the best Sonic game since like generations. Like it, it's, yeah. it's it, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, it's the best Sonic game in a very long time. But what is that really saying? Not a lot, right? Yeah, um, but I do. I agree with you. I do. I am glad that they are taking it in a new direction. Yeah. I would like to see and them maybe continue in a couple to patch. entries they have something. Yeah, I'd really like to good. see them continue to patch it and try to yeah. firm this up. I bet it sounds Sonic... like they are. The director yeah. was the like the director was very goes, forthcoming. The game has a long yeah. way to go. It's like, dude, you released <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're charging people seventy bucks for this thing. Like, what are you the doing? Um, we're in the upside down world. Like people. a Frontiers two would probably, I think, would probably be pretty solid. Yeah, you're, you're getting you you're got you got they got something here. It's yeah. just not done. It's not just it's, not it's, there yet. It's 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 got a very doughy center. <laughs> It's, but the, but the crust is good. It is like yeah. you're almost you've almost learned how to make bread. Yeah, since that's like well, like the first bite tastes right. pretty good. Then, then you, you get keep in, biting into in the middle. It's just like <laughs> oh no, that's just dough. That's <laughs> yep. Did you have this was in the oven for what like ten minutes? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's I'm interested to see what you guys are saying about this game. I know we have a lot of Sonic fans on Sifted. Uh, people who really like like all the Sonic games, like the last couple, they really like them. So we might be a bit on an island here with this game. 
Um, Vincent says, the problem with Fidelity is that Sonic sells the most on Nintendo platforms, so everything has to be built considering those deficiencies. That's true. There is some of that, yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. I am very curious about what happens with going forward, because, like, I, well, I saw Black Panther last Thursday, and they ran the Super Mario movie trailer in front of it, mm-hmm. and holy shit, that audience reacted. Like, crazy. that movie's going to be a hit. Oh, the last, sure it is. The last time I saw an audience react like that at that theater was Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, when they first ran the first te- teaser for that. <laughs> and so I think that Mario movie is going to be a giant hit. And I think it's going to change expectations of what a Mario game is supposed to look like. <laughs> and I wonder how Nintendo's going to react to that because like you accidentally just showed us what a good, what a Mario would look like on modern hardware. I people are going to expect that now. So I don't know. Vincent, would you rather have Sonic Generations 2 or Sonic Frontiers 2? I think I would say Frontiers 2. Yeah, I would say Frontiers 2. at least 2. it's heading in a better direction, even if it's not quite yeah. there and yet. I, I do like the open world stuff for most, more or less what it is, despite how sort of samey and, and inconsequential a lot of it is. Just because it's fun to find the little routes and the little lines and the, and the like, oh, yeah. this led me over. Yeah, sometimes you get, you get on it's the rail. It's a little bit like a skateboarding yeah, game, like a Tony Sometimes you get game. on the rail and it just you run over two rails and a ring and you get some rings and a heart at the end of it. Sometimes you find a fucking temple in the sky. I've like, gone way, yeah, way up into the yeah, sky. Yeah, it's like I like that element of surprise and that sort yeah. of like that element of discovery in, yeah. a, in a way that no other open world game really does because that's very particularly Sonic. It has caught me off guard a couple times. Um, El Guapo 3385 Sonic Frontier soundtrack is fire. It is. It's a, it an is. amazing soundtrack. It is very good. Like it is probably worth buying. I would would say. Um, I was surprised by that because I typically hate the music in Sonic games because it's always butt rock and I hate yeah. that music. I, I, I know just, some people love it, but I just yeah. The one thing I the, I guess the best thing I can say about Sonic Frontiers in in a lot of ways is. There's not an I outside of the story, but that's just Sonic. Uh, the, out, there's not an element of the game that I look at and say, "Why would you choose to do it that way?" Because mm-hmm. everything, like if those boss battles were playably finished, they would be really cool. Yeah, they would be very Shadow of the Colossus-y a little bit. Yeah. Um, if the drawing distance and the the stuff you find in the open world had more consequential rewards, they would be awesome. If you know, like every if the fighting had more bite to it and he didn't control like a squirrely like a like a you know like a rabid squirrel covered in grease it would be really cool like Mm -hmm. everything they're trying to do is a good idea yep it's the opposite of gotham knights (laughs) it's it's like everything they're trying to do is a good idea they just didn't get there they didn't execute it well so like keep going i think i think I i think this is a winner set of ideas it's just the execution just isn't there. Yep. Yet. And hopefully next time it will be. Because there's, yeah, the yeah, there's nothing and... here that says to me this can never work. Yeah. It's just you need to give it more time or you need to give it whatever, you know, I more agree. care. Yeah. And I'm sure some of that was just like the, you know, you used, I'm sure they used a lot of time up in development trying to find all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like for they, sure. they really did go back to the drawing board on Sonic here. And so applause for that. Yep. Um, but yeah, now you got to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Lomax, thank you for Twitch Prime. Saw you in there. Saw you jumped in. Um, MDT Monahan says the director did come out and say the game has a long ways to go. Yeah, he and did. Sure it does. It's like I don't know why you would say that. Um, <laughs> um, Ashes in the Hourglass says it's already forty dollars. It was forty dollars last weekend. Wow. Very Gooser says last weekend it was forty bucks. <laughs> oh man. That's that's bad, but I figured that happened because they were going to order a ton of them, and they'll figure out very quickly whether people are buying them at the rate they need them to buy them. So, 
Um, uh, maybe they want to try. Yeah, you, yeah. Now time to do God of War. Time to do Hog of War. Yep. Question from Sneaky. Do you think they wanted to delay it but had to get it out so now the finished game will be in a few months after a lot of patches? Probably. That seems to be where they're they headed. They needed yeah. the kid sales for Christmas. Yeah. Like, look, I have... My, my sister and my brother-in-law, like, their kids love Sonic. And so for Christmas, they just buy everything Sonic. And they yep. will buy this game. I know they will. They yeah, will Sonic is, is after huge. they buy it whether they should have bought it. <laughs> that mo- Those movies really, really did a lot. bring him way up. And, like, you can see yep. why Nintendo got on the on the movie train after that. Because I hear, I hear kids in stores talk about Sonic just randomly now. And that did not happen three years ago. Yeah. Like... Kids are going to want it, so it'll still sell pretty well, which is good, because that means that they'll be validated, and they'll be like, okay, this open yeah. world thing is what people want, and And they'll... a kid is going to see this as, like, it's going to feel like an adult game to him. Yeah. Like a grown-up In a lot game. of ways. Yep. It's going to look like the stuff their dads and moms play. That's true. Yep, that's a good point. So there you go, the Sonic Frontiers, that's... <laughs> I would I would actually say... It's hard to say whether someone should buy it. I would honestly only recommend this for adult Sonic fans. You 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 know if you're gonna buy. Yeah, it. You, you know. Yeah, you probably do know. <laughs> and you don't care what Matt and I say about it. <laughs> you're gonna think it's awesome no matter what. Yeah, if there's a question in your mind whether or not to buy this, don't. Yeah, but uh, if, but otherwise you already bought it. Yeah. So one final question from from Cinetike, um, and this is related to our show we have called New Dimension. He asks. Uh, does Sonic still suffer from the transition between 2D uh, to 3D to this day? When we did that episode, we th- we did a Sonic episode of New Dimension. I think we were a little pessimistic on the idea of it working, and I think we ended up maybe being a little bit wrong. I think it, they executed it better than maybe we thought when we did New Dim- well, the, Dimension. But it's yeah, it's still yeah, a hurdle to overcome. The, well, the problem is that like, well, first off, the the issue of his, of the speed gimmick translating to 3D is difficult because, as we said, you build this level for all this time and money, and people get through it like in a split second. Yep. But the other problem with the transition from 2D to 3D that Sonic had was that Sonic was never on two in 2D. Sonic was never really about going fast. Yeah. Sonic was a hard-as-nails fucking platform. It was hard, yeah. Once you get past that first level in the Genesis games, you were hardcore platforming. The Marble Hill Zone is all platforming. Yeah. Like, it is all dodging traps, getting over spikes. You know, you don't run fast in almost anything in that, in That's that true. section. And some of that was, like... I, some of that was was public, mis, you know, like, customer mis, misconception. Like, you thought of it because the marketing said he's super fast and the name is Sonic, da 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 and you thought of him as a speedster and that kind of thing. But it didn't really happen in the games all often. Also, 2D is a terrible medium for that because you can't see what's coming. Yeah. So the, the, this, the going fast in Sonic was always sort of either trusting you were going to be able to react to things or you knew the level already. Or you just held left and or you just held crossed your fingers. Happened. Right. <laughs> or held right, sorry. Uh, and, but, like... <laughs> So the transition to 3D was rough because you couldn't, they, the, the games, you know, Sonic Adventure, it wasn't precise and well-made enough to do precise 3D platforming the way Mario 64 had done it. Mm-hmm. But when you did the super fast levels, they were over too fast. Yeah. So And this game still has a problem, too, of, like, when you slow it down and you try to be precise, yeah. it all falls it apart. Yeah. Like, in a way that Mario doesn't. Yeah. The way that they've figured that out. Whereas, yep. like, Sonic's jumps have to be so variable that you can never trust exactly how far he will jump. Yep. Because sometimes he's got to jump, like, half a mile. No, it's true. And sometimes yeah. you're trying to jump on that one special. stupid platform and he's just hopping over shit. Yeah. You can't, and the, and the, crazy. And, the, <laughs> the, you know, the camera's not built to help you do that kind of platforming yeah. because it also has to take in all this wide... And that's been a problem for Sonic going way back. And I don't know if they'll ever solve that. I don't know. You can't have Sonic... The problem is what they'd established Sonic can do both in the original games and in the lore 
as soon as you put all that into an actual game that lets him do all those things, you are basically mashing three different gameplay styles together that never gel properly. That never probably will. Yeah. Yeah. It's always going to be a challenge. One of the things that Nintendo was smart about when it came to bringing Mario into the modern day and into the 3D and moving forward is they don't give a shit what happened in the comics and cartoons. Yeah, they just ignore it. Yeah. They, they just make the gameplay fit the gameplay. Yep. Sonic Which always is the tries. Way it to, should be done. Sonic always tries to incorporate the fandom's expectations. Yep. And most of the fandom expectations about Sonic come from non-gaming sources. Yeah. And that is difficult. And trying to please those people because that's your core Sonic fan base, and trying to make them good games are almost an impossible dichotomy. It is. You're right. So yeah, I think that's Sonic's problem. It's not just the 2D to 3D translation. It's what ended up making Sonic's fandom most interested and excited versus what most other video game characters' fandoms are based. Because most other video game fandoms are based around the games first. The actual games, And yeah. Sonic's fans, if you look at their reactions to this game and their reactions to other things, and what they, they talk about the lore. They mm. talk about the Archie comic. Or they, they talk, talk about the films. Or the films. Or yeah. the cart- the Sat-Am. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the cartoons. Like, the games were more or less just there as vehicles. For yeah. that. Whereas the character, you know, the characters were not characters in the games really until much later, until the Dreamcast. Yeah. Like a lot, and a lot of those kids that grew and up in the nineties with it, <laughs> if you wanted personalities and know who these characters were, you read the book, the comic books, and you watched the shows. Yeah. And that's where that comes from, and that's the basis of modern Sonic fandom, and that is very hard to balance in a video game. Now. It is. Yep. So there you go. I guess we're pretty much just recommending it for Sonic fans. Everybody oh, yeah. else. I mean, if it's down to forty bucks, what would you say someone else should pay for it? Oh, forty is a great price. Yeah, for it, I think. I'm cool with forty bucks. Yeah. yeah. If you can find it for that, pick it up. And I do think they'll keep working on it because they have to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's Sonic. Yeah, you gotta keep. There's nothing it, bigger to say than Sonic. Going. So they'll keep working on it. And they'll keep getting better. I'd pay forty bucks just for the Sonic levels in this. Yeah. If you're just gonna soundtracks do worth ten bucks. Soundtracks in my opinion. great. Soundtracks yeah. that that freaking good. They should give you an option when you buy a game on disc that you get the soundtrack like on the disc somehow. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just having, you know maybe part of my forgiveness towards forgiveness this level to this game is just that how many times I played the the Sonic stages from the te- the towers. And finished them and been like, that was a really good Sonic. There is a lot of them. Yep. They did a good job on it. Yeah. For sure. Okay. It's time to move along. We're going to talk next about a game that I don't think Matt has played at all. I have not. (laughs) Um, And I've I've finished it already. And that's not any big feat because it takes about six hours to finish the campaign. I know nothing about this game except the memes. Okay. What are the memes? (laughs) Uh, Everybody thinks Ghost looks stupid. He does kind of look stupid. <laughs> They're not wrong about and that. My favorite, I saw one today that was my favorite. It's, the him, it's him in the car with the skull mask on, like, looking at you with those fucking eyes. It's weird. And it's the caption is, when your fr- what was it? When your friend logs off and you're left with the guy you, he introduced you to in the game two hours ago who says he'll still be on for a while. And I'm like, yeah. yeah that's a that's good it. one. That's true. He is weird. They try to shoehorn him into all these situations where some dude should not be wearing a skull mask. No, no. He's just it, like, whoa. And he's just still got <laughs> it on. Still there with and, his no eyeballs. and no one says anything. Because <laughs> they realize he's the poster boy for the Modern Warfare right. IP. He is the guy. Like, but And look, this game is is kind of like an all-star cast it has all the big names all the big people yeah, if cod was in smash brothers you would play his ghost <laughs> and first thing i should mention you guys probably already know this this is not a remake or a remaster of the original modern warfare 2 it is a sequel of what was also not the a remake or a remaster of call of duty modern warfare 
It is a direct sequel to that. It has a lot of the same characters that you remember from the first Modern Warfare 2, but the plot is completely different. There are some scenarios that are uncomfortably similar to the original game. Um, some of that, I think, is just them saying, okay, this is a nod to a mission that people really liked. But otherwise, this is a brand new standalone game. It just has the same title, except the two are Roman numerals instead of the number two. Mm. And that's to totally different. Amazing, totally different. I that, really that, don't That's how you are. That's how you uh, optimize a search engine. Why are kids. they doing this, Matt? I, because they have no other ideas. Weird. They don't have any other ideas. Like, and they just want to use. They want to use titles that people recognize. It's so weird. It's so good. Gotta feel. Gotta be confusing to people. Maybe. Or I mean, maybe the original Modern Warfare Two now is how old? I mean, it's. Uh, well, the the first one's fifteen years old this year. Yeah. So two thousand seven. So that one's probably. So that's two years, years later. Years so yeah, old. it was. Yeah. So it was something like that. Thirteen years ago. Yeah. Which is a little weird all on its own, but <laughs> um, as you guys know, I, I would consider myself a Call of Duty expert. I have played pretty much all of them ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time on the multiplayer components in these games. I already discussed the multiplayer in Modern Warfare 2 from the beta. It sure looks nice. It, it is pretty. Um, what, what was the city that you go to? Is it, is it Amsterdam? Eventually, there's the B-roll of Amsterdam. Yeah, and like Amsterdam that, literally looks photorealistic. Yeah, in like this I would game. love to go poke around that Amsterdam without having to play Call of Duty. Right. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> some of the locations in this almost are like photorealistic. It's yeah. pretty crazy, honestly, what they do with this game in, in some cases. Um, so, again, this is a direct sequel to the Modern Warfare reboot from 2019. The campaign is set in the year 2022. It follows Task Force 141. There's 17 missions that you play through. Um, generally, my experience with, with this campaign, it has been the best of times, and it has been the worst of times. But the way that they've mixed the missions together, there's never two bad missions in a row. Like, I don't know if they realized that, like, they had great missions and bad missions, and they just were like, we'll just go one, take turns here, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. But that's kind of how the game is. So you never get to the point where I was with the reboot of the first Modern Warfare from 2019, where I got about halfway through the campaign, and I didn't care anymore. Like, I had to drag my ass through that campaign hard. The tone was all off. It was just weird. This campaign is way better. And now... I will say, not every Call of Duty has a campaign anymore, so it's hard to really mm. compare them anymore, but this is the best Call of Duty campaign I have played in quite a while. There are some missions that a lot of thought went into, and it reminds me a little bit of Black Ops 2, which is one of my favorite Call of Duties ever. The variety in the campaign in this is impressive. You never know what you're going to be doing next, and sometimes it's for the good, and sometimes that's for the bad, because sometimes they make you do some stuff that you don't really want to do once or indefinitely, not twice. As I said, it took me like five or six hours to finish this, so it's not a huge commitment. Um, as I said, some of the missions are inspired by fan favorites from prior Modern Warfare games, but they're not direct ripoffs. And basically how I've decided to split this discussion is I want to split it by bad missions and good missions. And I'm going to start with the bad missions first because I want you to remember <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Like, bro, you don't need the skull mask right now. We're just hanging out You're in the home, tarmac. Like, like, <laughs> it's a debriefing. Take the fucking hat off. Come on. What are you, the taskmaster? Give me a break. Um, Yo, Ghost Rider, get over here. So anyway, I want to go through the bad missions first and then the best mission second because I want to leave you with a positive impression of this game because I liked the campaign. The worst missions. 
one of the missions in Amsterdam sucks. Now, the city looks amazing, but when you first get there, they put you in, like, the water at night. And you have to swim underwater and then pop up out of the water and, like, kill the guys who are on the docks. They can see you. No matter where you are, no matter how dark it is, no matter how deep in the water you are, they can see you and they can shoot you. And that drove me bonkers. It ended up becoming, like, this crazy trial and error thing that I absolutely hated. There's a car chase chase mission called Violence and Timing. And you are actually piloting a vehicle. You actually pilot multiple vehicles because the objective is to keep jumping from one vehicle to the next because there's a lead vehicle in the convoy that is dropping mines on the road. And eventually your vehicle will blow up and you'll have to transfer to another vehicle. The mechanics for going from one vehicle to another are just flat out broken. Like, you can't rely on them at all. Like, you'll pull up next to a car, you'll go to transfer to the other car, suddenly your car will stop moving. Or sometimes, it will just automatically go the same exact speed as the car you're trying to get to. There's no rhyme or reason. It drove me bonkers. I had to try it multiple times. It was one of the most broken missions I have ever played in a Call of Duty campaign. Ever. I could not believe that they left it in the game. It should have been cut. It wasn't. It's annoying AF. There's another mission. Where you, and it's kind of funny, you jump over Trump's Mexico-U.S. border wall. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> you climb over the wall, and you go into Mexico. And then this mission is a mission where you don't know if people are good guys or bad guys. So you go into a house, and there's like a family hanging out inside the house, but you don't know whether they actually want to kill you or not. So you don't shoot them. You have to hold the gun on them. And then eventually they get scared enough to reveal whether they're like good guys or bad guys. It it just becomes annoying. And then it's like... Also, that's like horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> like that's, yes. That's, well, okay. it is a Call of Duty campaign. And it is known for horrible things. Although mm. there's nothing truly terrible in this. There's no, no Russian in this. Although... I heard there's a part where you have to shoot people off the wall. Off the point. wall. There's like people. There's a section of people talking about like where you, you kind of you you hold uh, like some of the people at gunpoint to find out if they're bad or not, and then like when actual Mexican immigrants show up, you just shoot at them. Eventually, you figure out that they're all in a in the cartel, mm. and you have to kill them. But it wasn't like you're killing innocents. At least I didn't feel that way. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe never, I missed something. I don't know. I'll never know. <laughs> I'm not going to play any of this. But I will say this. There's nothing is egregious or that makes you feel terrible about yourself like no Russian in this. Although at the end... No Russian didn't make me feel terrible. It really? It didn't? Not really. I didn't shoot a lot of people. No. Oh. I didn't really either. But you have to eventually. Well, you got to shoot like the bad guy at the end. But then they shoot you. You can go through no Russian without killing any innocent people. No, I don't think you can. Yeah, you can. Really? I mean, eventually. I thought you always have had to, or they would end, no. they'd shoot you if you didn't kill people. No. At the oh. end, they shoot you no matter what. I don't remember. Well, yeah, when you try at, to get in the van, they At shoot a certain you. point, they have to, like, you have to, like, uh, start fighting the guys who show up with guns. Yeah. Uh, but you do not have to shoot any unarmed people in that. Huh. I thought you did. Anyway, no. there's I did the like first that. time just because I didn't want to blow my cover. Oh. But, like, I didn't realize that the game wasn't that smart. There's nothing like that in this game, but they tease that there is going to be something that terrible in the next game. <laughs> if that, without spoiling too much, if, if that makes sense. Um, then there's another mission where you're trying to defuse a bomb that's already in flight. It's a missile that's headed for a territory, and you're trying to remotely um, disarm the missile before it hits its target. 
you don't have any weapons. And so you have to run and hide from the enemies and try to find places where they won't find you so you can go through the sequence on like the laptop case to defuse the missile. And it's just all luck. Like eventually I did it and it's just because the AI broke and they just didn't find me. And I thought that mission sucked. Now I want to talk about the missions that I enjoyed because there were a lot of them. A lot of people are fans of All Gillied Up. That is the classic sniper mission from the first Modern Warfare 2. Is that Modern Warfare 2 or Call of Duty? Um, Modern Warfare. I can't remember. The Gilly, All Gillied Up? Yeah. I think that's two. That's one. Is it one? Pretty sure that. With Chernobyl? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay. Well, they basically do an homage to that mission in mm. this new rework of Modern Warfare 2, and it's great. It's, it's a little cheesy because it does have a lot of the same things that makes it exciting meaning like you're laying in the grass and the enemies are walking like right to you and they're like a foot away and they still can't see you because you're all gillied up or whatever and then in that same mission it ends up breaking open into this gigantic open world and you have a spotter on the top of a mountain and there's this enemy base down in the valley and he spots you why are his eyes so big i don't know I don't know. It's weird. Like his, those <laughs> eyeballs would be like half a foot wide <laughs> if you take them out of his head. Like what the? Yeah. F- is he an anime character? What the <laughs> fuck is that? But anyway, you have a spotter who tells you how to use your sniper rifle. So it'd be like it's three clicks up on your scope, and you're you're sniping people from like two miles away mm. using bullet drop of like twenty feet or whatever. So you wipe out all, you snipe all the people on the outside, and then you go down the hill and you actually infiltrate the base. And they're just really aren't many call of duty levels that are like that where you it's in this big open world area and you have a lot of leeway and how you can tackle it i thought that mission was brilliant i mean again that follows right up after the gillied up ripoff um what else oh there's another mission the prison break mission where you use closed circuit tv cameras to instruct ghost so ghost is down on the ground it's almost a little bit like metal gear solid in a way like he's solid snake and you use the closed circuit cameras to tell him when to move to cover, when to attack someone. It's a little bit like the Strike Force missions in Black Ops 2. Do you remember those? They're almost yeah. like RTS-like levels. Yeah, where you had to choose where things went and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's a little bit like that, except it's just Ghost. And you get him all the way through. You navigate him all the way through. He kills people along the way, and you get him out of the prison. That mission was great. Um... There's one mission where you where they use stealth, but not just like sneaking around. You have no weapons, and you have to go and find components to build shanks and build weapons. You can build like you can find like mouse traps, and then find explosives, and you can build like these little proximity bombs. And oh. you have to make it through this whole mission without using any real weapons, just stuff that you craft. There's like a the last of COD. Yeah, exactly. There's like a full on crafting wheel that they built mm. just for this mission that has like six different things. That that you can ultimately craft really clever really smart something that i've never really played in a call of duty game ever before and then the rest of the missions you get your typical like ac 130 bombing missions a couple of those where you're up in the sky and you're using like mm-hmm. infrared like radar to spot the enemies and you're shooting them from like way up high um and so it does and there's like long sloggy shootouts where you're just shooting and killing for, you know, 10 minutes at a time or whatever. All the typical Call of Duty stuff that are like the middling missions between all the good ones and the bad ones that I mentioned. But as I said, they've done a great job with pacing this campaign, meaning 
Like, there's one mission that's not that great, and that will be followed up with one that's really awesome. And they just keep doing that throughout the campaign, so I never got to a point where I was like, oh, that's two crappy missions in a row, and I don't want to do this anymore. So I plowed through this campaign. I haven't done that with a Call of Duty game in a really long time. Now, granted, it's only five or six hours, so it's not that big of a commitment, but I did sit down and pretty much just grind right through this, like... I would back in the old days at like a Call of Duty mm. review event where they t- lock you in your room and be like, finish it. Um, here's finish Amsterdam. it or no food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's Amsterdam, by the way. Mm. Literally, almost some scenes almost look photorealistic when you get down by the water and you see all the, the boats and the pontoons and stuff. Like when you'd come down from the hotel room and, and they're like for dinner or whatever, and they're like, how far are you? I was yeah. like, uh, <laughs> how far are you? <laughs> That's right. They always used to do that. And if, if they didn't ask you, a journalist would ask you. Because yeah. people were always afraid that they were like way behind mm. and then they'd start multiplayer without you or whatever. Like, it's funny. One, um, the funniest thing that I ever, I don't remember who it was. I don't think I knew who it was, knew him, but like, I was at the Modern Warfare 2 one, the other one, the old one. Mm-hmm. And I went down and, and after the, they, they got us in and we were playing, we played for like four hours, five hours, and then they went down for dinner and we we're going to do multiplayer. And I came down and somebody asked me like where I was and I said where I was. And he's like, oh God, spoilers. And I'm like, you <laughs> ass! Don't ask, asshole. <laughs> like, look at this shot right here of Amsterdam. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I have. And it is. Yeah, that's Amsterdam. Yep. Like it is. That's it. It's amazing. I think. I think it's it's both the quality of the of the recreation, but also like the number of people. Yep. And the lighting and the bikes and just all of it. Yep. It just it nails it. So, um, I saw someone in chat said Commander Fett, the last COD campaign I played with Black Ops Two. Well, Black Ops Two is one of my favorite Call of Duty campaigns ever, and this holds up to it. It's not quite as good, but it's close. Um, I think it's really, really good. Is it worth spending the 60? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do not buy the game for, at full price just to play the campaign. It's five hours long. Now, there are multiple difficulty settings and things like that that do tend to change Call of Duty campaigns pretty drastically. Um, but it is still the, can- the same campaign that you're going to play through. As I said, 17 different missions. Now, as I said, when I played the beta, I talked about the multiplayer a lot. Um, so if you want to hear like a really in-depth discussion of what I think of the multiplayer, you can go back and watch that episode or listen to that episode. But I will say, you know, having played the final code, multiplayer is great as well. It's really good. Like the Warzone 2.0 hasn't launched yet. That's coming this month and pretty soon, actually. Um, that hasn't launched yet. But all the other, the suite, like the ground war, like full on vehicles, like there's it's really hard to tell the difference between Call of Duty and Battlefield now. Mm-hmm. The battlefields aren't quite as large as they are in Battlefield, but like all the vehicles are there now. And honestly, I like how the maps are a little tighter. And like one of my big complaints with Battlefield is you run for two miles and then get sniped. And then you have to, then you respawn back where you started and you run another two miles and then you get sniped. And then you respawn again. Oh, this time there's a vehicle at the base you can take. And now maybe you survive for three minutes before you die. Like Call of Duty even when it has like a bigger map with the vehicles, it still feels like Call of Duty. Like you die a lot, but you're also getting a lot of kills. And when you do die, it doesn't take forever to get back into the action. The respawns are real fast. Um, <laughs> get the distraction of that's a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Johnny Hurricane, am I playing Warzone 2.0 tomorrow? I don't know. It does launch tomorrow. Um, I may give it a little bit of a whirl, but like Pokemon's coming in. What else? There's another game that's coming, like, in the next day or two. I can't remember what it is right now. Uh, the Indie Darling uh, 
Pentiment. Pentiment. Yeah, that was the other one I said. That, that went up last night, but I haven't had time to play it. Will I play it tomorrow? Probably not. Will I play it before next week's show? Absolutely. Well, I will definitely talk about Warzone 2.0 in next week's game face, but not today. Um, but the multiplayer is great. Like, I had a big problems with Vanguard. I stuck with Vanguard for maybe, like, two weeks after I played it to, for a review or to, to talk about on Game Face. I have continued to play the multiplayer mm-hmm. in the Modern Warfare 2 reboot. It's good. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. The traversal's good. It's not crazy future. It's pretty much present day gear. Maps. My biggest complaint when I played the uh, the beta. Now that I have all the maps, completely, it, they're awesome. There, there's tons of great maps in it. So that was my biggest complaint about the beta is that there were only a few maps in the beta and I played them over and over and I was already bored of them. Man, there's so so many maps in this game and then some of them are just for ground war. Um, so some maps are quarantined to very specific mode types, and there still are just tons and tons of maps. So um, Modern Warfare 2 gets a big thumbs up from me. Um, if you like multiplayer, I feel like the multiplayer is great. I still am not a fan of the new um, loadouts. So they got rid of the pick 10 system, and now it's like a pick five, basically. You can only attach like five things to your gun at a time. So it does add some strategy. You have to be a little more strategic with what you do or do not attach to your guns. But I just don't feel like I have the, the flexibility now to build the gun that I want. I feel like I'm always making sacrifices now with my gun. It's like I would really like that stock, but I'm already used all five, and I have to use that fifth one for my ACOG scope or whatever. You have to make hard decisions with your guns now and i don't like that like i don't Uh feel like they should force us to do that it's the same deal with the perks like the the perks are split into like groups now and you have to like unlock them like you always had to but like what i found is that i end up using like one of their prefabs which i've never done before with perks but because of the way they unlock and the way they're grouped together i have not managed to find a way to unlock all the perks that i actually want to play with so I end up using one of their prefabs that has like both ghost um, and like all the the stealth based perks all in one, and so I'm using like a prefab setup of perks which I've never really done before. Hmm. Um, but otherwise, like, and I will say this: like you're seeing right now, like all the kill streaks and stuff. Like, there's not that much that's new. It does feel like they were like, well, everybody hated Vanguard, so let's just go back to what people liked. Um, and I don't have any complaints with that. Like, honestly, it's, it is like a sport. Like, it shouldn't, I don't feel like Call of Duty should change all that much other than the maps and the guns that you get. Um, but you can see, look at the vehicles that are in this, Matt. You can control all these in Ground War. It really has become um, like Battlefield Light at this point, which I think a lot of people will resonate with. And as we just said, Warzone 2.0 launches tomorrow. That's free to play, so everyone will be able to play it. Most people watching the archive of this, it's live now. So you can go download that and play it. Um, Overall, it's a good year for Call of Duty. It's a good release. Like, I haven't come across lots of bugs or issues. Cheating's there already, though, Matt? Of course it is. Already seen people wall hacking. Like, I already turned off cross-platform play because most of the cheating happens on PC, although it happens on PlayStation 2 because they have a dongle that they can plug into the into the USB port on mm. PlayStation consoles that let them hack through walls. So I've already seen it a bunch of times. One thing I will say is that they're trying. <laughs> they allow you to report people now. So you get killed 
and then they show you the replay of the person killing you. And if you see that they know you're there and they don't have like a heartbeat sensor or whatever, and they are like sneaking around a corner knowing that you're hidden like behind a trash can or whatever and shoot you, you can report them right then and there. I think you can click either the left stick or the right stick and you can file a report for cheating immediately. Um, And I have already filed like four or five blatant cheaters that I found playing this game. And that really does ruin it, man. Like, it's just, I don't understand why they can't stop it. Like, Activision can't stop it. And I can't understand why people do it because you're ultimately going to be exposed as a fraud. What's your end goal? If your end goal is like, Getting picked up by like an esports team or whatever to piss you off. Is that it? Like they're just griefing, and that's all there's to it. Like pretty much. Because a lot of people don't even realize. Like I've played matches before with people who are cheating, and like I'll turn on the mic and I'll be like, "Yo, Joe Blow four twenty sixty nine is using wall hacks," and people will be like, "What?" I'm like, watch, if he kills you, watch your replay. Sure enough, 10 seconds later, that mf is cheating. I'm like, I told you they're freaking, and like, a lot of people don't even notice it until you Mm -hmm. point it out to them, and then they make a point to watch it. So it's like, if you're saying they're doing it to grief people, a lot of people don't even know they're being griefed. (laughs) Yeah, but eventually they'll get a thing where like, you know, they do realize it, and that's exactly what they're after. I guess. I'll never understand that mentality. But anyway, um, and like, Sneaky's like, their goal is to laugh at you getting angry. Nobody uses mics anymore. They can't hear you getting angry. Like, I don't get it. But they so. know you are. Like, oh, they, uh, they think that you are. Yeah. That's just, they, <laughs> it's all in their head at that point, but that's enough for them. I yeah, think. I guess so. Um, but even the cheaters haven't taken enough shine off of this for me to not recommend it. Um, I've had a lot of fun playing it already. I've continued to play the multiplayer. There was about a week where I was going back and forth between Overwatch 2 and Call of Duty, and ultimately Call of Duty won out. So it has become my kind of my daily driver shooter now that I play when I have a couple spare minutes. And Overwatch 2, I play sparingly at this point. So um, I recommend it if you're into multiplayer, if you're into the... There's tons of crazy modes in the multiplayer as well that I haven't really gone over. There's too many to mention, to be honest. Um, But there's just tons of modes. There's tons of maps, tons of guns. um, And that... Between that and the campaign that I believe is really worth playing and really fun this year, I say pick up Call of Duty this year. And obviously last year, that was not the case. I said stay far away. So a vast improvement over Vanguard in almost every conceivable way, in my opinion. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it, and I have enjoyed playing it. So I do recommend, and I don't even know if the year before this I even recommended buying Call of Duty. It's been a while since I've enjoyed it. I don't think you did on Black Ops 4. It's been a while since I have enjoyed a Call of Duty game this much. Um, and I am someone uh, who played them all. Yeah, obviously, for me, it's been six years since I liked one. So Yeah. And we Inf- just got the War- announcement, though, Advanced Warfare 2. They're going to make it. Yeah, but that's not the one. Yeah. Infinite I mean, it's Warfare. still better. Yeah. It's still future-y, but not I didn't, as futuristic. I didn't care for it. Yeah. I've, I've, been, I've had it in my head for a while. I don't know why. I've, I've had it in my head for, like, it would have to be a situation where, like, we aren't doing this show pretty much. But I'm like, it'd be interesting to play through all the Call of Duty campaigns, like, all in a it row. It wouldn't take very long. Like, chronologically. <laughs> yeah, it would be, but, like, because I remember them, you know, I liked them so much back then, and then they got to be a slog. And then, like, you had stuff like little bright spots like Infinite Warfare. Um, and it'd be interesting to sort of see how it all evolved. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, I don't Here's know. the thing, Matt. It goes, I play, like, I play it goes like this, dude. Yeah, it it's does. not a steady line upwards. Oh, no, it goes no, up no. and down. And that's a well, Especially when you've got to, you know, because it's like, okay, you got you have to Call of Duty 1, great. Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2, great. 
they gotta get through Call of Duty Three because yep. it was Treyarch yep. learning, you know, from learning how to fly, yep. and then you jump up to Modern Warfare and you jump back down to Black Ops One. Black, uh, yeah. Then Black Ops Two, straight up, like amazing. I, mean, I didn't like Black Ops. I don't like any of the Black Ops. Games, really interesting um, campaign. I don't find any of them particularly interesting. Huh. Um, I, re- I love Black Ops Two. It's one of my faves. I I don't I don't like how Treyarch. I mean, I haven't played a Treyarch campaign in a long time, mm-hmm. but back in the day, I did not, I don't like, didn't like how old style Treyarch did their campaigns because they never breathed. Mm. It was just a Michael that's, Bay that's movie. That's accurate. It was just a Michael Bay movie from yeah, start to finish, and I didn't get anything. I liked Infinity Ward's pacing choices yeah. and the way they Black Ops they, they 2 did break up it up. Down. Like I mentioned earlier, there's the Strike Force stuff. It's like literally mm-hmm. almost like an RTS that you play through. But they I didn't did, finish Black Ops 2. It's the first uh, Call of Duty campaign I didn't finish. They did kind of, after that, though, settle into the groove that you're talking about, though. Mm-hmm. So I can see where you're coming from. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and the campaign's definitely worth playing. So I say pick up Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Next up, we're going to talk about one of those games that became work for me because I was trying to play all these other games that I needed to talk about on Game Face. And that game is New Tales from the Borderlands. Matt. Did you play the original Tales from the Borderlands? Yeah, eventually. Did you think it was amazing? Oh, it was pretty good. Me too. I was more than pleasantly surprised yeah, way, by that game. Way more than I thought I would like yep. it. And I had high hopes for this as well. I specifically reached out to Take-Two and 2K to get review code for this. I was like, hey, I really like the first one. Can you hook us up with some code? And they came through and delivered. And it's nowhere near as good as the first Tales from the Borderlands. First of all, this is not made by Telltale. Even though Telltale now exists again, it disappeared and now it's come back. Although it's not really any of the same people. It's not. There's a couple people who are there that were there Mm. before, but for the most part, it's a whole whole new crew. But Gearbox decided to do this in-house. Um, I think anyone who plays these choose your own Did they bring anyone from the uh, the previous one in for this? I don't think so. Hmm. I really don't think that they did. Um, these games are driven by writing. And the writing in this is good. And the voice acting is really good. But the jokes just don't land. And the first one, I thought, was funnier. In a, in a Gearbox game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first one, I thought the jokes did land. Like, yeah, I laughed out loud part. at that game a couple times. This one, like... It's just low-hanging fruit It was jokes. way funnier than the Borderlands game. Yeah, it was way better. The story in that was way better than the Borderlands games. This one is probably still better than the Borderlands games because their stories aren't that great. Let's just be honest. Um, but this is told from the perspective of three different characters. Uh, there's this girl. She is a scientist. Her name's Anu. She is a scientist on a space station working for an evil mega corporation, And her boss has had it with her. He, she has not delivered on developing weapons for him, and this is kind of her last chance. She's been developing this gun that you see that she's holding right there. They're supposed to basically teleport enemies to somewhere and then be able to bring them back. Um, the boss calls her into the office and is like, okay, I need to see your weapon. She's like, it's not done. He's like, I don't care. You need to show it or you're going to be fired. Um, she shows it. It works, kind of, and he still fires her. Huh. <laughs> and then the second character that you play as is her little brother, um, named Octavio. He's a wannabe entrepreneur who's obsessed with social media fame. Um, he ends up getting roped into working for an assassination robot. So, <laughs> in this timeline, there are robots who go out so, and assassinate people for money. They're so basically he's Elon hunters. Musk, is yeah. what you're telling me. <laughs> that may be. 
Um, and then the third character you play as is this woman named Fran. She is a sexually charged woman with anger issues. She has like this little pocket like PDA thing that monitors her like anger levels. Hmm. So she starts to get angry. The little PDA is like, yo, 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 you're about to freak out. I haven't finished the game so i haven't got the payoff to figure out like why it's so important that she follows this pda but that's kind of who she is she also owns like an ice cream shop that has been bombed by one of the evil corporations in the game because they she owes them money i'm not sure why you would bomb her place of business when she owes you money because that would keep her from making money to pay you but the idea is to set an example so anyone else who owes your money knows that's what's going to happen to them. So they <laughs> that they also you. will be unable to pay the money back. But anyway, this game it has loopholes like that in the story where you're just like, just the big gaping plot holes. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's mob tactics. That's a real thing. I guess. Not much anymore. Well, they break the your day. kneecaps or whatever. Right, but at a certain point, they will, they will smash the place up. To, to make sure you can't pay them back. To show the other stores that they that that owe the money that, that you better pay up or we'll do that's that gonna to happen you. like it's, it's it's an example yeah that's that's i mean that's the, that doesn't make any sense but it's the yeah. logic that they use it's a real thing yeah well eventually all three of these characters end up coming together because bad stuff happens basically and they end up getting together and they want to pull off a heist together where they are trying to steal a healing crystal from a vault and at the same time, a war breaks out between these two corporations. So right now they're on this ship out in space. Well, eventually this ship gets invaded by the rival corporation. And there's an all-out war on the ship. Anu escapes, flies down to the surface. And that's where the trio get together and start fomenting their plot to steal this shard. Um, as you finish... Each chapter of the game, you get bonding ratings. <laughs> Not what you're thinking, bonding ratings. It's how the characters are bonding with each other. Uh, I'm not sure how that plays into any decisions later on. I'll be honest with you. A lot of the choices I've made have not paid off at all yet, as far as me being able to see like the decision that I made, what ultimately happened in the story of the game that changed the story of the game. And that's what these are all about. You know, being able to make decisions that change the outcome of the story and make it personal for you. And I've not seen a lot of that yet. They do break the fourth wall. Like the there's one scene where the the uh, assassination robot says is looking at the one guy on his on his phone and he's like, "Oh, are you playing one of those insipid narrative driven like choose your own adventure games or whatever?" There's another scene where you're talking to a robot and the robot says, "I'll remember that," which is a trope mm -hmm. from these games. And they, the people around him are like, what? What did you just say? Like, because they're just like, why would a robot say that? Like, so there's like little gags like that that are like a nod to the genre, so to speak. Um, but ultimately, so far, the payoff just hasn't been there as far as like, I've made these choices. Like, how is that going to affect the outcome of my game specifically? Um, the whole game is there from the beginning. So it's not like the old Telltale games where you play one chapter, you wait six weeks, they release another one. And I think that's smart because after the first couple hours, the game really gets boring. Like nothing really happens in like a lot of the middle chapters. And I, th I think it may have been a choice where they're like, you know what? People get to this chapter, unless we change something drastically about it, they're going to stop playing the game. So you can play this from start to finish all the way right at launch, all the way to the end of the game. Like most games of this ilk, it is driven by quick time events 
and really there's not much else in the game. You saw in some of the B-roll there a minute ago, there are sections of the game where you can walk around an area and talk to people or like Anu, she has the ability to scan, which I know you love, Matt. Mm-hmm. So you can like, there are certain sections where she walks around areas and she finds objects that she can scan and she gets clues from those things. And there's stuff like that. But for the most part, the entire game is driven by quick time events. Not a surprise. That's usually how this genre works. Um, the quick time events aren't that challenging. You can go into the settings and you can make it more difficult or easier if you want to. In fact, I think that you can, there's one setting that you can use where there's just no quick time events at all. You can kind of just sit back and watch the story play out, making just like the decisions that you need to make. Um, the quick time events, they're handled pretty well. You get kind of like a warning sign before one comes up, like a little D-pad will flash on the screen. So you don't get like caught off guard, which is a little feature that may seem insignificant, but I think it makes a big difference for games like this. You don't have to like sit there at all times with the controller in your hands, like waiting to like react because it will give you a warning and then you'll kind of snap to attention and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to do the inputs. They give you a pretty big window to do the inputs. You can see here some of the quick time stuff. It's not like it's really fast and you end up failing a lot of them. And even when you do fail, you never die. So it's not like you can fail quick time events and suddenly a character dies and you know it ruins like the whole rest of the story for you or whatever. Um, but at the same time, there aren't that many consequences for failing the quick time events. So I think your mileage will vary on that depending on how you view this genre. Um, what else can I even say? Um, also, so there are QTEs for mundane actions. Like you just saw there, like make the ice cream. Like, it's not quite to the level of heavy rain where you we have, like... It, we call it Frogert. Yeah, that's right. They do call it Frogert, actually. Um, it's not as bad as, like, heavy rain, honestly. But there are, there are lots of moments where you're forced to do, like, quick-time inputs for stuff that should just happen in the cutscene without you having to take any control over the game at all. Um, dialogue options are plentiful. Some of them are hard to read, although, like, a lot of games like this, the order that they're in kind of tells you it's like x is always like you're not taking it serious you're gonna crack a joke right the right like the circle button is you agree the square button is you disagree and then the triangle is almost always just like ellipses like if you just don't want to answer at all but it's hard to read the responses on screen a lot because they just they're white text that just pop up over the game's graphics. There's no background over them. So if there's like a lot of white or a lot of detail behind the dialogue options, it's really hard to read what they are. Hmm. And coupled with the fact that you don't have a lot of time to make the dialogue choices in this game, it can get a little messy. Um, but they're, they're pretty clever. Like the writing and the dialogue is pretty good. And it's not one of those things where you choose something and what happens isn't what you expect. I hate that where it feels like you choose an option where you're like trying to be nice or cool. And then as it turns out, you actually end up like offending somebody with what you said. I'm sure you've had that happen. Mm. Like there's none of that in this game. And I appreciate that. Cause that drives me up the wall where they blatantly try to lead you in one direction with the response and you select it. And it's basically a bait and switch. And they end up, it ends up doing something else entirely than what you expected inside the game. Like the dialogue choices are pretty true to what is the actual message that's going to be conveyed inside the game. Um, however, there's not a lot of feedback on if or how you're making the right or wrong decisions as you make them. So it's kind of hard to connect the decision making 
with the consequences later on. Like, so for example, I said a minute ago that like, I haven't seen a lot of like the trickle down from my decision-making, but maybe there has been, and I just haven't picked up on it because there's the, the cause and effect isn't clearly demonstrated when you make the decision of what the potential pitfalls could be. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed with how she continually points the experimental gun at the guy. <laughs> well, this guy's a bad guy, technically. But she's just talking and waving the barrel around. It's like... Ugh. That could teleport him to some yeah. other domain. <laughs> yeah. Um, aside from that, there's this weird, like, Vault Landers action figure fighting game that you play. Like, you collect action figures from different characters that you come across in the game. And then there's a, an actual fighting game where you fight your characters, your little action figures, against these other characters. And honestly, the kid who introduces it reminds me of, like, the rival in Pokemon. And he keeps popping up throughout the game to, like, play you with this. And then there's also the option to play the Vault Landers from the main menu of the game if you don't want to, like, wait until it actually pops up organically inside the campaign. Um... I guess what I would say in general throughout the throughout the game is that it just the pacing is bad. Like it starts off really strong, then there's like just like two hours of just it just drags, and then you have like a good chapter, and then it kind of settles back into this boring groove again. There's lots of times where I just kept hoping for scenes to end because it's like I get it, I know what you're trying to say. Now I have to sit through like three really corny bad jokes before we'll get to the point that you're actually trying to make in this cutscene. There's a lot of that. There's like, where I was just like, I just want to skip this, but you can't because you're afraid that a dialogue option will pop up that you'll miss, or there'll be a quick time event that comes up that you won't get the prompt for and you won't be prepared for. So you just have to sit and bear it, unfortunately. The jokes are mostly cringe. There's lots of sexual innuendo. Like the woman Fran talks about sex constantly. Like a lot of the jokes are low hanging fruit. The breaking the fourth wall stuff was pretty clever for the most part. Uh, but generally, I felt like the jokes fall flat, though the general writing, I feel, is good. It's just the jokes don't land. And the voice acting is great. Like, the cast that they have delivers. It's just the script, they can only do so much of it. And there's lots of jokes about capitalism. So you either have jokes about how dumb capitalism is, or you have joke like sexual innuendo. And that's pretty much the entire gamut of the writing for the jokes in this game. Um, when, does it, when does it take place in relation to Borderlands? It takes place between two and three, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and it is interesting, like every once in a while there will be little scenes where you get a glimpse at what's happening, like at what would be happening normally in like a Borderlands shooter, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. like, you come across scenes where people are like shooting at each other and like you're kind of brushing elbows. And I don't know if maybe they even pulled that, if that's actually a scene in one of the Borderlands games that they brought in to just show from like a third person perspective or whatever. But there are nods like that where you, you dip your toes into the universe a little bit. And so I will say this, like the game does do a good job of constantly reminding you that it's part of Borderlands. And there are some characters from prior Borderlands games that have cameo appearances in here and you'll see them. They aren't like big characters in the overall plot, but they just show up and they're like, oh, I remember you, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I struggle to tell someone to buy this. There haven't been a lot of narrative-driven games like this this year. There have been a couple. Most of them have been horror-related, though. Mm -hmm. um, so this is really kind of the first quirky, kind of fun, funny-ish um, example of this that we've had this year. And so if you're looking for something like that, I do think it's passable. But it just, 
Matt, it just doesn't have that telltale magic to it. It just doesn't. It's not a page turner, I guess is the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of te- late telltale games didn't have that telltale that's magic true. either. That's true. Yeah, once but, they lost um, a little bit of the talent and whatnot, um, people went to work for other developers where they could make more money. Um, there was a little bit of brain drain at Telltale even before it shuttered and now it's reopened. It'll be interesting to see what the new Telltale does, if mm-hmm. it can produce games better than this. The production values in this are great, by the way. That is one thing. Like A lot of times these games are made by smaller studios and there are some corners cut here and there. Uh, because this was made in-house by Gearbox, the production values in it are really good um, in general. Like The visuals are great. Like The... The framing of the cutscenes, the angles that they use for the cinematics, all that kind of stuff. Like they do, I feel like they do a really good job of it. Um, but ultimately, these games are live or die based on their stories, and the story in this just isn't that great. Um, I will say they do do a pretty good job of developing each character before they bring them together. You play it for a good ninety minutes before all three characters are brought together into the same plot together. Um, which is good. I mean, that's that's something that needs to be done for games like this. But again, like ultimately the jokes just don't land and the plot just isn't interesting enough. And I would argue neither are the three primary characters. Like one out of the three can really carry a game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not good enough. So I enjoyed it in spurts. I had some fun with it here and there. I haven't quite finished it yet. I don't know if I'm going to finish it. I think it would take a really dry December like next month for me to go and finish it off. Um, It seems like it's pretty big. I've played like five hours of it. And again, it doesn't seem like it's wrapping up, which is long for a game like this. So it seems like it's probably closer to maybe 10 hours, something like that. Mm. Um, So you're going to get your money's worth for a game like this. Typically, like they're not that long. So this is a little longer than most of them. Um, But still, I, I would struggle to tell someone to buy this. Um, It just goes to show you that you can have competent developers. You can have competent voice actors. You can have a competent writer, but if the jokes don't land, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think we saw that with, with like X play. Like, you and I are great writers. We can write great stuff about games. But it was Blair Butler that really made X-Play. It was her writing of the raps for Adam and Morgan, the her jokes, that made X-Play. It was the glue that held the whole show together. And that's what that's the best way I can describe this game. It's all these parts that do not have the glue that is holding them all together. And that is really funny writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It checks a lot of good, a lot of boxes, but not the most important one. I guess this is the best way I could sum it up. Ultimately, do you have any questions about a little, it? A little less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, that's a good way to put it too. Do you have any questions about it by any chance? Mm-hmm. No. no. Uh, wow, Destructoid gave it a three. Destructoid gave it a three. Wow, that's a little harsh. Um, Ashes and Hourglass says just play Pentiment. It does seem that way. Yeah, it, it's getting perfect tens. Pentiment. Which yeah. is crazy. I mean, this, this is this came out a few a while ago. Didn't yeah. It? yeah, it it came out. I got review code like the day before I left mm-hmm. for um, my trip to Greece, and I came back and I was sick and I didn't feel like playing this and I just kind of dove in it this past week and wanted to give it a go, uh, so I did. Um, we'll see if anyone else has any questions here. Three is too low. Caver, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, did you just spoil something? I don't think they're asking me that. No, they're talking about the Pokemon thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, obviously, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will be in next week's yeah. show. Well, there was a development in the anime 
where oh uh i mean it's not a spoiler because it was literally broadcast in tokyo's like in this like they they brought they showed the scene like on the screens in like Tokyo Square and Sinjuku, I guess a big deal because uh-huh. like because uh, Ash finally won uh, a tournament oh. twenty five years <laughs> later. Wow, like, that is a big spoiler. So uh, looks at like the Pokemon Twitter account tweeted it out the day it happened. Like it's not a, like, because look, a lot of the people that that are interested in this don't watch the Pokemon anime. No, anymore. they don't. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, that's interesting that that's a thing. Um, somebody made the joke that like now, because Ash, Ash is still ten, right? Like he hasn't grown up. Yeah, he's just been around for twenty five years. And someone joked that now Ash is finally the uh, the 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 entry level uh, employee with twenty five years experience that uh, businesses are actually looking for. Yeah, because he's <laughs> he's ten years old, but he's he's been doing this for twenty five years. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I do not recommend picking up new tales from the Borderlands. Uh, maybe if you find it for 10 bucks on down the road, it might be worth it. But chances are there will probably be some other narrative-driven, choice-driven game yeah. that's better that you'd rather play at that point. Let's so, go play Norco instead. It does. It feels like a cash grab to me. It feels like a game that Gearbox is like, we can get this done quick. There's a lot mm. of positive energy around the original still. Some of that. It also feels like them trying to diversify a little bit yeah like, you know, maybe to make your box make other things it's possible um but they've proven that they can do this technically soundly mm-hmm. but artistically that's where it fell flat it falls flat <laughs> that has kind of been their that issue. has kind of been their forte all mm-hmm. along hasn't it yeah yeah yep i mean yeah and some of us just love it you know like tiny Tina's wonderlands i, th- I thought that was a good you know, I thought that was a step up from Borderlands 3. I agree. It's um, better than Borderlands certainly, 3. It sounds like, sales-wise, it definitely was a step up from Borderlands 3. Oh, it 3. sold well? It sold very well. Oh, good. Extremely well. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, to the point that they are basically pivot, probably going to pivot to make that a franchise. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So, uh, it did well. and But I, I, that thing is kind of like, mm, you either, it either works for you or it doesn't. Yeah. You know, the, the way, the, the, the tiny Tina humor. So. Yep. Um, okay. It's time to move on. We have two more topics, by the way, and we're running out of time. So this one, Matt, we both have to be on our P's and Q's. We have to do this topic in eight minutes or less. And this topic is something that happened a while ago, but Matt and I have not discussed I mean, it on Game Face. I mean, I can give you this one in one sentence. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> and that is the price point for PlayStation VR 2. I mean, this is we... we called this a little we bit. did call it but we said that it was going to cost this much all along people said we were crazy people in the youtube comments said that we were nuts no nope. oh, did they because i never look at the youtube <laughs> yeah. comments i don't care what you idiots say <laughs> they thought we were nuts and we were right on the money we it's 549 us dollars I said it, at least as much as the system yep and here we are and what do you think matt what are the chances of success for this thing now not tops dude so pactor <laughs> so Pact, somebody asked pactor about the price of playstation vr2 and what it needed to be and this was one of those cases where it was he and i shooting and he answered like 200 dollars, and i <laughs> laughed out loud i laughed out loud no. i'm like are you effing kidding me just the components involved uh, dude the original was 400 dollars. like no. there's no Come way on. and he's like and so his response I mean, look, was he's right that to be successful <laughs> that's what the price would need to be but it was not going to be what the price was well he said if it's over 400 dollars, it's dead in the water which is what yeah. we have been saying for months and months here on game face also if it has that launch launch lineup which is awful dire yeah. like 
There's two games that I would even think about playing: Horizon this and one. the and the um, the one made What's by the other one? Supermassive. They basically made another uh, Rush Rush of Blood uh, until dawn. Uh, you, remember, you remember until dawn Rush of yeah, Blood, yeah. like on VR one. Well, they made another one that is now being termed the Dark Pictures thing, or, whatever. Uh, it's, it's, or maybe it's the Quarry. I don't know. Yeah, it's another. They made another light gun shooter with that, and I thought that was fun. I like I like the Rush of Blood game, so I would play that. And look, I'm probably. Going Thank God you're going to buy this. To get this, because otherwise we're not going to be able to talk about it on the show, but otherwise I would never buy yeah, this. I am very happy that you're buying this, Matt, and I don't have to. <laughs> the only thing selling this to me is the fact that I am on this show. Yeah. If I didn't have to talk about it on the show, if we didn't need to do that, I would not be giving money to this thing. This is, this is a ridiculous thing to do. Corded, by the way. I don't care about corded so much. I care about the fact that the entire lineup is garbage. And a lot of it is already on yeah. other systems. A lot of it's on remakes. One, so. And one of them is already on PSVR 1, yeah. which is really disturbing because you're like, oh, so there's is there no Beat Saber on this at launch? Yeah. Doesn't look like it. It doesn't. The biggest VR game in the world. Because one of the things in that presentation was the fact that there's an update bringing the PSVR 1 version of another game compatible with to this. PSVR 2. Yeah. They are apparently doing a, compatibil- compatibil- a compatibility <laughs> patch for No Man's Sky. Yeah, which is obvious. No yeah. guys. Well, you know, you think you can get a one for Arkham? No, Iron Man. Come on, no. Like, Iron Man a, might, maybe, but like because that IP. But costs is that a lot. team even around anymore? Who made I that? Know, I don't remember. Actually. I don't. Is any of that even a good ra- question? <laughs> he looks as dumbfounded as we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna have two million units ready for launch in February. It's February twenty fourth, I believe. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it will take for PlayStation to sell those two million units? Forever? Like, never? You don't think they'll <laughs> like, ever sell two million? Like I, <laughs> they ended up selling five million of the original PlayStation VR. I mean, you got to liquidate it one day. Yeah. You don't think they'll sell it through by the by holidays next year? That would be my guess. Maybe, I mean, for, but how? They'll have a couple how games they, maybe by then. But what? I don't know. Why aren't they talking <laughs> about those games? Maybe if Half-Life Alex ends up on it. Ashes in the Hourglass thinks six months to sell two million. I think that's mm, optimistic. At that price, like I mean, I mean, obviously, it could liquidate by then. Yeah, I don't think Sony won't do that though. But at five fifty, too much R and D. I'd be surprised if you run through that whole that whole shipment by the end of the year. You're gonna, I think you'll sell a million to people like you. Yeah, the enthusiast people with a lot of disposable uh, pe- income. People with disposable income on TV show on, on, on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how big that demo is, but hey, you got to aim for something. No, I'm not like, saying on podcasts, but. Just enthusiasts who have a lot of money. Like, I think there's a million of those out there. I guess. I don't, but like, what are you going to play on? I think the second million will be really hard to sell, though. Yeah. Like, really hard. And maybe they get through that by the end of holidays next year, but probably not. And there's actual competition. There's the Oculus thing. It's going to cost way less. And once it makes it through its first holiday, if it doesn't sell gangbusters, what happens then? It's going to sit in my fucking closet for 10 years. No, I mean, what does PlayStation do then? Does it then chop the price way down? It's all going to sit in the closet for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Vincent brings up a good point that they did a rework Iron Man for Oculus Quest. Mm. So that is somebody is working on that game still. Um, so maybe, oh, he, but, he, but he also knows that Meta owns that team now. Oh, that's true. So probably no update. Yeah, for it's Iron probably Man. not coming to PlayStation unless they're just like we need to make money by any means necessary. Which mm. with what's happening Meta slash Facebook right now might be the case. He's about to lay off eleven thousand people. Yeah, well, that's crazy, dude. Five billion dollars on that. It's nuts. 
what people and do. Couldn't, and couldn't even get legs in. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's a, it's, it's, it's a whole, it, you know, this is even worse than this cloud streaming game thing because there's so much more money and, and stuff being put by. There's so many people, so many, so much, so many billions of dollars being thrown at trying to make fetch happen with this yeah. VR thing. And it's like, it'll get there one day, but it's not today. Yeah. And it's not this. I just, I can't believe PlayStation doubled down on VR. I just. <laughs> Do you think it would be smarter for them to make another handheld instead of VR? No, because the handheld is a guaranteed loser. They're both bad ideas. They're both bad ideas, (laughs) but the handheld is a guaranteed loser. This maybe had a shot if they maybe did it differently, or had an actual library to speak of, or made sure that all the existing VR games were brought forward for it, but none of that seems to be happening. No, it's not happening. None of it is happening. So what am I even looking looking at anymore? Uh, like, what am I going to play on this really thing after launch day? Like, there's nothing coming. Like, look, the only way this is going to be even slightly worth anything is if uh, Half-Life Alex makes it onto it. Yeah. Because then you've got another way to play that game that doesn't require you to have an expensive headset on PC. Um... So somebody asked, like but they haven't somebody, even mentioned Half Life yet. Yeah, it's not, it's not. You'd think that would be very much in their bragging rights department for this. It been like, why wouldn't that be a launch thing? Yeah, Swanlin says they should have made it work with PC, which I agree with. So yeah, I'm sure there will be a way to, to so do it. So one of the comments on Pactor's episode where he talks about the price of PlayStation VR two, one of the comments was, oh. He's wrong because this will work on PC. They made the original PlayStation VR work on PC. And it's like, yeah, dude, it was like a hack. Like yeah. you had to upload firmware to PlayStation VR that like invalidated your warranty. Like, yeah, you had to jailbreak people, it. Yeah, people are not going to do that. No, like, Not on mass. Not when yeah. you spend $549 on something. Like... Mm-hmm. It's, like that's even it's not even as simple as like making Oculus games work on Vive. Right. It's, it's like you gotta you gotta do some reflashing of the of, yeah. the, of the system. Like, exactly. Like so. it's not gonna happen. It'll happen, but it's not gonna be happen on a scale that's going to help PlayStation VR no. two. Like sell. no one's gonna go buy a PlayStation VR two because they want to use it on PC and they're choosing that over because they can hack PC it and headset. make it work on PC. Yeah. You know, I mean, look for the price, you are getting a kick ass HMD. Oh, Don't yeah. get me wrong. The problem isn't the tech. It's the problem is not even the price per se in terms of what they're charging for what they're giving you. The problem yeah. is like I don't trust this thing to have any games past right. the launch day. I mean, technically, for what you're getting, it is a good deal. Yeah, I hate to say it, it but it is a good deal. Getting that technology for five forty nine, Sony's still probably losing its ass. Yeah, or at the very least, maybe breaking yeah, they're, even. They're definitely not gouging for no, the tech they're providing. But it doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. But it's, it's like a combination of like the cost plus the lineup that I don't trust the, them to continue to provide content for the thing, plus the economic situation right now. Yeah, like I, it, it's the abs. It's it's not the time. Although, did you see? Inflation is finally starting to go down. Yeah, it's not going to help PlayStation. No, it's VR. not going to help PlayStation like, yeah. VR two, but it is starting to go down. Thank God for all of us all around like, the all world. All the tech here is really cool. It's just like the cost is too much, and there's nothing. There's I don't trust these fuckers. I mean, you know Barry I mean? Lomax says you're spending a thousand dollars between the console and the headset. Yeah, Actually, more. you're spending eleven hundred dollars. Eleven hundred, and that's before taxes, which is ten percent in California. Five forty seven after tax. After tax is six hundred. What this will be? Yeah. yeah. So you're actually spending eleven fifty for the two things together. Mm-hmm. That's insane. <laughs> like, well, more than that, I mean, that's also how much the PlayStation PlayStation is. Yeah, PlayStation is five plus tax five forty seven. Are they raising it? 
Elsewhere, oh, too? well, that's right. That's a good point. Not, not, <laughs> not in the here, U.S., but, but elsewhere, places, it's gonna be even yeah. more. elsewhere you're going to be spending $1,200. Right. Right. It's crazy. It's going to fail. Both of us agree this is going to flop monumentally, right? Yeah? Yes. Yeah. And then the games are 70. Are they going to be 70? Probably. Certainly Horizon will be. <laughs> it's a PS5 game. It is. Uh, it's going to fail so miserably. It, I don't want it. I don't either. I mean, <laughs> I don't gonna, want it to yeah. fail. No, I don't want it. You don't it. want it. I don't want to own it, but I'm going to because of the nature of the fucking thank thing. Thank you for jumping on that grenade, Matt Kyle. I appreciate it. Mega Drive Guy, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. Um, Vincent says you can get a bundle with Horizon oh. for 600 <laughs> By Grab Cars Hammer. What a savings. Uh, so anyway, we, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it's a huge story, and we wanted to discuss it. We hadn't had a chance to do that on Game Face, so... I think you guys knew where we were headed on this one yeah, after what I we've did. been saying for months about PlayStation VR 2, but it all sadly came to fruition just exactly as Matt yeah, and I had the, prophesied. The show about that is just going to, PR, the headset's just going to be here and I'm just going to yell at it for an hour. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. I'm just going to scold it. I await your report, Kyle. <laughs> right. I mean, you can use it too. Yeah. Maybe I can take it home and test it or something because you'll be done with it. Yeah, get it out of here. <laughs> I shot four arrows with the fucking haptic thing on the horizon, <laughs> and I'm ready. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You bring it back in 2024. Yeah. All right. Let's move when on. Get, when they get the third game out for it. <laughs> Let's move on to our last topic of episode 320 here on Game Face at Sifted.net. Uh, just today, the Game Awards Game of the Year nominees were announced. Yesterday. Yesterday. Sorry. Um, Jeff Keighley's big award show coming up here in the next month or so. December 8th. Um, December 8th, actually. It's less than a month at this point. Uh, they announced the game. We were not going to go through all the nominees because he had trickles those out. And it's smart to keep people talking about the Game Awards. I get it. Uh, but we are going to discuss very quickly the nominees for Game of the Year. Now, remember that these nominees come from all of the press. So I used to be a part of this. I'm not anymore because now I work on a small website. It's so funny how that matters. Like, my opinion mattered because I worked at a big publication, but now that, mm -hmm. that I actually know more than I did then, my opinion doesn't matter. But anyway, um, I used to be on the editorial council for the Game Awards, but not anymore. Um, <laughs> I used to be with it, and then they changed what it was. <laughs> and now I'm not. Um, but it's basically all, like, the executive editors, the editors-in-chief of all the various websites are in a council, and they give you, like, a ranked choice ballot, at least that's how they did it when I was in it, where they would give you a category, and then you'd pick five games in order. So it wasn't like you'd just pick one game for Game of the Year, you'd pick five in order, and then they'd rank the choices and come up with the nominees and then ultimately the winners. Mm -hmm. And based upon that, they've come up with several nominees for Game of the Year, and those include Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, a Plague Tale Requiem, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Matt, are there any games there that stand out to you as like, huh? Plague Tale is a giant, huh? Yeah. Uh, and also, look, I love Stray. It's not game of the year material. Mm, I mean, look, that maybe says more about the year than... It has been a bad year for yeah, video that, that, games. <laughs> uh, you might just be running out of high... Pro but there's a, but I haven't done this exercise yet, by the way. There's no Horizon... Yeah. Why is Horizon? That's crazy. There? I would definitely put Horizon in there over Plague Tale of all things. Like I'm not saying Horizon was amazing. But so we just put up. And why? Why there's a bunch of nominees all through the other categories, and I'm just like, what? Like mm -hmm. Plague Tale got nominated for narrative. 
Got nothing for narrative. Norco's sitting right there. What are you on? I know what you're on. You're a bunch of press people that don't know anything about the obscure stuff. You're just picking AAA shit. Yeah. But it's like things like that. Like where is where is the, I mean Norco got mentioned in like I think indie debut or something or some one of the one of the little indie things is going to be read off as like a list of things that nobody pays <laughs> attention to. That'll be a part of a TV while, commercial. While Jeff Breakneck <laughs> sprints to the next intro to the world premiere. But like because no one's here for the fucking awards. I'm yeah. also very curious about Elden Ring being nominated for RPG because I know technically yeah but come on it's an action game and also like everyone else in that category is like a JRPG and it's hilarious because that game's going to win and every other year they've done the RPG category as a quick list before we jump to the next trailer sometimes it's not even in the main show how are you going to do that when the game of the year winner is going to be winning best RPG do you think that Elden Ring is going to win Without game of the any, year the game any, awards any doubt whatsoever there is know, not Matt. a chance in hell anything other than Elden Ring wins this look I don't know everybody who's on the council but I do know that typically and generally that the the editors who contribute to the nominees and winners are the older people at the publications. They mm. are the editors in chiefs. They are the executive editors who've been there for a long time. And what I saw about Elden Ring was a lot of the older journalists did not like it at all. Yeah, but the older journalists also know how the game is played. Yeah. And if you don't give Elden Ring best game, that's the end of this. No, I think there's, a, the there's a clear pathway for God of War Ragnarok to win without people freaking out about Theoretically, it. Theoretically, but it doesn't matter because Elden Ring's going to win. You think so? I have zero doubt in my head. Why? Because it has a 98 critic rating, mm-hmm. it is easily. But, I mean, the people the who reviewed rating. the game were all the big yes, fans but you of don't, the, Software. Yeah, but they're the ones contributing to this. Doesn't matter. The editors are not voting on their own personal opinions so much as they are also voting in terms of sort of a more macro, like high level. Their editorial thing, voice. Their editorial voice, yes. And their editorial voice for almost every, uh, every periodical and publication is Elden Ring is the highest rated game of the year. What is um, God of War's Metacritic right now? Uh, I don't remember, but it's not, as high, it's not as high as Metacritic. It's I not as high looked. as Elden Ring. It's like 93, 91. Still in the 90s. Um, they could still get away with God of War Ragnarok. You could, but they don't have to because they won't. Yeah. It's got, it's Elden Ring. Elden Ring is going to win every fucking Game of the Year award in everything this year. There is not a chance in... I mean, Ragnarok will get a couple from like rogue publications who want to be original. But like Elden Ring is going to win everything. I'm not saying that I'm happy about that. Yeah. I think Elden Ring is great, but like... I don't know. Maybe I don't like anything better than Elden Ring. It's... It, it, I have a lot of complaints about Elden Ring. We've been over that. I think yeah. it's, I don't think it's actually as innovative as everybody seems to think it is. It doesn't do anything new. Well, if you've been playing open world games, and it, it doesn't, doesn't do anything. And innovative. I've said multiple times, like innovation is not as important as execution. Yeah. But I don't think Elden Ring really executes a lot of that stuff particularly yeah. differently or more interestingly either. So, um, and so part of it is sort of me being like, well, I wish there was something else I did like better than Elden Ring. But it's been a weak year. I'm it's sorry. been a weak year, and that does open the door for a game like Elden Ring, where maybe. The executive editors and the editors in chief are like, you know what? I didn't really enjoy it that much, but every a lot of people on my staff did, and obviously, its Metacritic is so high that maybe those people will still. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a given that Elden Ring wins, though, because of who the people are on the editorial council. I think it's an absolute given. There's I think a- if they pulled, if they pulled all the it's also editors, so closely associated, it would win with, in a landslide. It's also so closely associated with. The Game Awards. Because, because Jeff is. debuted yeah. it and blah, blah, blah. I don't think Jeff Jimmy's has stuff, though. Like, I don't think Jeff Jimmy's that stuff, but I think people have it in mind yeah. when they vote for these things. Maybe. And there's an element of slightly. Like, it's also, it's not who fucking cares. Yeah. 
It's the, it's it's the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. It's not the Oscars. Well, as we pointed out earlier on in the show, like it takes two went from selling two million copies to selling seven million after it won Game of the Year. Yeah. Also, so it does work a little a game, bit. Maybe. A game from a man very closely associated with the Game Awards. Yeah. With his fuck the Oscars. Thing. Yeah. Like. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying there's a conspiracy there. I'm just saying that's interesting. The power of suggestion, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There might be something to it. But I, I think absolutely it's going to be Elden Ring. I, I appreciate Minority Games is rooting for Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I am happy to see Xenoblade Chronicles Three nominated because it is good, and I do love the Xenoblade games except for two. But I uh, see somebody not a chance in hell Xenoblade Chronicles Three wins that. There's, there's no way. That's the game that stands out to me. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, of the games that were nominated, like, Stray, I can understand it, because there's an arty element mm-hmm. to it, and it is different. It's kind of like the indie darling from the year. Yeah. But Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a good game, but there's just nothing exceptional about it. Like, uh, I've already kind of forgotten about it. But it's also it. one of those, like, any other year it wouldn't be there, but it is there this year. Yeah. Also, the worst game in that list is Plague Tale. Yeah, like I, don't, <laughs> I agree. I don't know what the hell Plague Tale is doing in the best narrative. Somebody category. really strongly more than so we put up last week's episode on Sunday on YouTube, and one of the comments on this show is, "You guys couldn't be more wrong about a Plague Tale Requiem." So there are fans of that game sure. out there. We're not two of them. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so it's definitely not going to win in our awards. That stood out for me, but Xenoblade stood out more. Like, yeah, but like that, that, yeah, no, that stands out more than Xenoblade for sure. And the other thing too is it like also po- it's the only Nintendo game you got. This that, year. So that was what I was getting at. So I do wonder if this is like, well, we need a Nintendo game in there because why isn't Pokemon Scarlet and Violet being considered? It's they makes missed, it. Didn't they miss the cutoff? I mean, the cutoff it comes out on Friday. Yeah, but they already announced the nominees. Clearly, they missed yeah, the cutoff. Yeah, but I thought the cutoff was December or something. Like, yeah, I thought they could still, no. like... No, the cutoff The cutoff was basically the week God of War came out, so they could get God of War in there. Oh, interesting. I mean, they announced the nominees already. You can't... The game can't come out after the cutoff. Yeah. Uh, after the but, nominees but are announced. But like, a lot of... They, most journalists have already played it. They've already finished Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. They've yeah, had no, it from Nintendo for three yeah, weeks November already. 15th is the cutoff. So it just barely is missing sh- it by three and, days. Yeah, and Schneeky's right. The cutoff is stupid. Hold the awards in January. Yes, agreed. But the reason the awards happen in December is so they can boost Christmas sales. Boost sales because the also aw- they can get the the arena cheap. Right. Because nobody because else no wants one wants to, book wants it. to wants it on de- early December. Yeah. Also, like this is a commercial. Yeah. The, the, the game awards are a commercial. The, the awards don't matter. It, like, who cares? Like. You're gonna. They'll bring up Pokemon next year, and no one will care again. Like the whole point is, to, is to watch new trailers. I think Pokemon will be forgotten for next. That year's could award. be too. Because next year is gonna be ridiculous. It may be the yes. best year in the history of games. Shiniki, yes, it is. An, it is a marketing stunt. Yeah, absolutely. We all know that, but we all want to see the game debuts. <laughs> I yeah. want to see them. Like, yeah, I, I tune in to see. The I new don't game. actually care what wins anything. Yeah, like no one. It's it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's interesting to see where the hive mind is from the journalists sometimes. Sure, but I think that it, that's even more interesting looking at the nominees here. I mean, you, you look at that narrative category, and then look at what's in the games for impact thing. As dusk falls, didn't get narrative, really. Yeah. As much as I criticize that game, that game's one of the better written things of the year, yeah. without any question. Yeah. Norco, hindsight, like what? You, it's high, maybe hindsight's not what I'm thinking of now, but like, 
I would definitely say as Dusk Falls and Norco are stronger narrative contenders than what's in that category. Yeah. But they're, but they're not there because people, you know, the people that are nominating these things hasn't, haven't probably haven't played them. Yeah. And there's maybe one person on the staff that has played Norco on any given, even if, on any given editorial group. And that one person is not going to be able to lobby for Norco effectively enough to get someone to put it in best, na- best narrative. But Elden Ring, sure, because Elden Ring's a big game. This is very tilted towards AAA, partly because it is also a huge commercial. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the bottom line is that this has been a really bad year for video games. So it's been rough. It shouldn't be surprise. It shouldn't be a oh, surprise to us that some of these games are a surprise. Oh, and one other one. Um, and I know you and I go back and forth on genre classifications once in a while. What the fuck is Sifu doing in best fighting game? That's a single player game. Fighting games are versus games. Well, we won't that go back and forth on that game. one. No. <laughs> what the hell? Fighting game is a particular thing. That is weird. And that is a versus game. Even so, I mean. That's just Streets of Rage. Yeah. That's an action adventure or an action game. That game is go. bad also. I played that for like 45 minutes and I was like, I'm Oh, good. no, I like Sifu a lot. Oh, you did. But it ain't no fighting game. It was so I mean, it's a hard. game in which you fight. Yeah. <laughs> but a fighting game is a particular thing. It's a beat-em-up. A challenge Yeah, it's beat-em-up. a beat-em-up. Yeah. yeah weird could you turn it into a fighting game probably but like, the fact that it's in fighting game is bizarre well th- i think the problem is they're just they're what fighting games released this year there's like two like real ones right well, so they just don't have the fucking camera right. I mean, they have a lot of them there's like they're minor ones that you probably wouldn't have heard of and i've never played either because they're so you know, anime things or mm-hmm. side things but sifu's in there just around the category out and it's bizarre as yeah. a bizarre choice sifu was just too hard the the payoff wasn't worth the effort i was putting into it yeah i mean it's a, i watched a playthrough uh, last week of somebody getting through it on the hardest difficulty without being hit wow it's amazing it's like watching a movie it, it's i can't even it's on a level that i just can't even comprehend <laughs> um Hell, you know who I what? Here's an, I'm just looking through the nominee. You know what else I might put in not narrative just to be an original little shit? Tunic. Tunic tells that story really well and really in interestingly a, in a different kind of in way. In a different yeah. kind of way, and it does in fact have a pretty a pretty strong narrative thread by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And I certainly wouldn't want to tell anybody how it ends because be that's to part see of if it. Tunic managed to sneak in some categories. I mean, Tunic's in. I mean, all the categories are out. I haven't looked at any but of them. It's, got, the game of the year. it's in best indie. Best Indie is Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Um, I think Sifu and Stray are pushing the Indie thing a little bit there, given how much marketing they had from yeah. the majors, but I guess you're in the you know, I would no call Man's both Sky of them indie section. Still. Best Mobile Game, Diablo Immortal got in there. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people like it. It's done really well. Yep. Um, innovation Accessibility, if God of War Ragnarok doesn't win that. You've, you've missed the boat. But people don't even pay attention to that stuff. But it's its own category. Right. Now people are going to be forced to have to pay attention to it. Here's the poor best virtual reality category, which is, <laughs> oh, it's really trying. I mean, this year. I can't oh, even imagine God. what that would be. After the Resident Fall. Resident Evil 4? <laughs> no. After the Fall, Among Us VR, Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. Bone Labs will win it. Um, you might guess. Yeah, this and it should. Solid. It's good stuff. Action game. I mean, Sifu is in action game. Where's weird. the fighting? The they, fighting thing is, is it's weird. That is weird. Best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. There's no head-to-head <laughs> combat in Sifu. <laughs> oh man! Did they add a multiplayer mode when I wasn't looking? I don't think Did so. that happen? I don't. I don't remember seeing that. Nope. Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. Those are the game of the year nominees for the game awards. As always, we'll be doing our own game of the year awards here on Sifted. That is typically our last episode of the year, so probably about four episodes from this one. 
Um, usually we do it the second week or the third week of mm. December, right before yeah. I head to Pennsylvania for the holidays. Oh, and my other one, most anticipated, Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and Tears, in the, Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, Hogwarts Legacy over Spider-Man 2? Are you out of your frickin' mind? <laughs> yep. Come on. It's Harry Potter. Come on. Mr. Potter. Yep. Kirby and the Forgotten Nominations from Ashes in the Hourglass. That was a great game. Yeah. The new yeah. Kirby game's really good. And you're, I think there's... We'll, we'll get into it when we do our own awards. I think mm -hmm. we're going to dig up some bones here that the editorial committee did not dig up. Um, and our awards will be different, which is why they're worth watching. All right. There you go. That's Game Face 320. We're not doing uh, Name That Game today because I'll just be honest with you. I got overwhelmed with time and i just didn't get it done in time it will be back for next week's episode and for every episode for the rest of the year uh, we have a ton of games from swanland he sent me um over the break uh so we have plenty of stuff to give away and we want to do that before the holidays we want to give away as many oh, games as we can horizon is on the game of the year list oh it is yeah it wasn't i didn't see that i don't remember seeing it either maybe they added it okay well that's good that makes sense that was be. one of the, that was one of my first reactions was where's horizon yeah it should be it absolutely should be uh, JM Rain, thank you for Twitch Prime. Norix Nessie, thank you for Twitch Prime. Again, we just had the worst, I'm not exaggerating, the worst Twitch Prime payout we have ever had. And we've been doing it for like four or five years now. We had the worst monthly payout ever. So uh, if you're someone who only does it every mm. once in a while, it'd be great if you could do it this month with the holidays coming up and um, all the added expenses. Uh, that that entails, we'd really appreciate it. And you can do that too if you're just a YouTube watcher or if you're listening to the show on any of the podcast feeds out there. Uh, let's see. It's time for some Q&A. So go at Sifted Games. We're not doing Name That Game, but we are going to do some Q&A. Uh, so ask us some questions. Again, go at Sifted Games so we can find your questions in the chat. Uh, and they stand out from you guys just talking with one another. Uh, let's bring it up. Let me take down... The graphic first, and then we'll bring you uh, guys up. The other thing that nominations remind me of is we got to play Immortality. Immortality. Yeah, that's okay. in the Game of the Year conversation for a lot of people. Okay. I will check it out. F Things are going to slow down real fast here coming up. That's, like, tr that's true. Yeah, like the first couple of weeks of December, we're going to have time to do some catch up. Uh, Swanland, who everyone should thank in chat because he delivers all the games to give away for Name That Game. Swanland, you are the man. Thank you. Um, have you seen Terrifier 2? I know you are a gorehound. No, I haven't. No? No. Have you seen that? No. But I, it's, it's got a rep. Does it? Oh, Terrifier 2. You don't know about Terrifier no. 2? No. Terrifier 2 has been making people throw up and leave in the in the, in the the middle of the movie. Like, there's been a whole thing. And like, what? When it's been playing, and like, it's it's a limited release, or it was, it was maybe it was film, but people were like, being sick in the theater and, and fleeing. What? Like it was like a big, it's apparently like one of the most disgusting, gory things ever put And it's in film. a theater? Yeah. Or select markets. <laughs> Is it streaming anywhere right now? Uh, I don't think so. We're, but I haven't, I haven't really been paying attention. That the, the reports on that were from like a month or so ago. Wow. No, yeah. I haven't seen it. Thank you for the tip, though. I will absolutely check it out. Um, I'm about to watch Barbarian, too, which is on mm. HBO Max mm. right now. Um, that seems to be getting mixed yeah. Um, responses from people like me who love gory movies and horror movies. Thank you, Swanland, for that tip. I will check it out, and when I do, I will let you know. I don't think I'll go to a theater to see it, though. I may wait till it comes to like streaming, but movies like that, a lot of times, if it's in the theater, you can pay to stream it, and you pay like $8 or $10. That, I think it's rentable. Is it rentable? At this point. Then I'll watch it before next week's show. 
Um, you, you've piqued my interest big think, time. Is it, oh, Swanland says he rented it. Oh, okay. okay so some, it's out there somewhere, maybe on Amazon Prime or so something. So is it rated like like? I don't X? think it's rated at all. I think it's I, like I, not I, rated. Yeah, I think it's 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 supposed. I mean, I don't really know much about. It. I just know that people were apparently throwing up and being sick in the in the theaters and leaving in the middle of the film and stuff. I don't even so know gross. what that would take at this point. For, Neither do I, because I don't ever. I've never been. I'm never particularly grossed out or freaked out by anything in movies. So like, if I, I made mean, it through Serbian film without puking, like I yeah. think I could probably make Serbian it film just that really didn't anything. It doesn't. I mean, I've seen Salo Thirty Days of Sodom. I mean, yeah. I mean, it does, it's a movie. It's not yeah. real. I didn't. It doesn't. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like that stuff doesn't have never bothered me past when I was eight years old and I watched Alien with my dad and he explained to me how effects are done and nothing ever freaked me out in a horror movie again. I had a had I got like Fangoria magazine. When yeah. I was like eight years old. And Terrifier Two is supposed to be is entirely pr- practical effects. So oh really? So that's you know. Oh, now I really want to. watch So if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, yes, I am. You know, I guess it's who like, did the effects? Do you know? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. I'm gonna check it out. Thanks it was more check. of a thing that I just saw like talk about it. And I was like, oh, I'll file that away for maybe later, and then I kind of didn't get around back around to it. But I will check it out. Um, El Guapo three three eight five. Any thoughts on Callisto Protocol not getting a Japanese release? I didn't even hear that story. Yeah, it's not coming out in Japan because Japan doesn't like dismemberment, and they won't change it. Really? They won't change it for because did the original Dead Space not release in Japan? It had a lot of trouble, as I recall. Did it? Yeah, there was a whole thing with that. I Interesting. Remember, I remember. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a, a cultural taboo about dismemberment in Japan. So I'm and trying to think now about games that have dismemberment that that were or were not released in Japan. A lot of them have have um, have modified versions, or the gore kind of turned down or turned off. Um, there's also a thing about it comes from it also comes from I think the 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 finger thing the pinky thing from, uh, from Yakuza stuff yeah. like there's, a, there's a taboo on that uh, I've heard I don't remember if it's true or not but I've heard that like the Simpsons gets redone with five fingers because have, only having four fingers is not cool in Japan it's it's one of the reasons uh, if you look at like even their most anime like even their most cartoony stuff they do always has the correct number of fingers yeah um, it's sort of like how like you can't put out something with skeletons in china oh right it's a, it's a taboo about yeah, it's that. just some weird quirk that they have so they were like you need to change this and the people make callisto protocol like no we're yeah not gonna change i don't blame it. them i wouldn't want to sacrifice my vision either how do you yeah. even make well, it without this well and also that would be a very difficult fix yeah right? how do you even you can't yeah, the game's built on this built around dismembering these things so <laughs> it's, like, what, it's one of the mechanics Maybe, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe the maybe Dead Space wasn't as hard to sell because the necromorphs are less human. Yeah, and these are maybe more human-looking things. I maybe don't know. El Guapo says like you know you consider the sex and the gore content that Japan is known for. Like, yeah, Justin Horman says like Resident Evil Seven is stuff missing. Like that you don't chainsaw your hand off and other stuff is just gone later in the game. Like Japanese horror movies have dismemberment though. Um, I can't really think of any. Really? Like what? Korean the, movies. The do. Piano Wire. In what? What? Uh, the name is slip is slipping my mind now. Wasn't it Mike's film where the girl uses the piano wire and lops the leg off? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. What's the movie? Uh, um, audition. Audition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah she but, lops his leg off right. with the piano wire. But also that didn't play a lot in Japan. It played, <laughs> that was a big hit outside of Japan because Japan's. But also like he yeah he did that because that was horrible and daring for a Japanese oh. movie. Like that, that scene is same with the. What, I think that was also him that cut, that cut the, uh, the, the nip, needles cut the in nipple, the eye. Cut the nipples off and that. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's as crazy as you can get in Japanese horror, I guess. Interesting. 
Uh, Vincent, which news story from the past month are you most happy to not have to cover? <laughs> and why is it the Bayonetta VO controversy? <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole lot to do about nothing, yep. man. That was, uh... That was, like... that. I I will say, I mean, you didn't get to see it because we didn't, weren't doing shows, but the, the first time I saw that woman's video, I'm like, this doesn't smell right. Uh-huh. Something's up. Like, especially because what, what she was saying they offered her, I'm like, that's just kind of scale. Yeah. Like, that, that doesn't make sense to offer someone as a lead act, but then it turned out that's what they offered her to play, like, a additional voice right. thing after she'd already turned down the big payday, which was not a huge payday, but it was a pretty big payday for someone who does one character and hasn't had a voice role since Bayonetta 2. Yeah. For five And I'll be honest with you. Week. I don't know if y'all played Bayonetta 3, but the girl who replaced her is fine. Jennifer Hale. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking Shepard. Yeah. Like, and, and that, by the way, was the other thing where they're like, oh, they didn't want to pay for this. So they went, which I'm like, Jennifer Hale definitely cost them more than $15,000. Yeah. So they clearly weren't trying to save money. I mean, so I what was were they a doing little here? surprised that she got paid so little to be the lead character in a big video Well, no, game. but when it turned out what her actual offer was and then what the revised offer was, it was more than fair. Yeah. It still seemed a little low to me, but it, as it turns out, it was all her. No, it's just that voice actors get yeah. paid less than their worth. Yeah. And, like, it could have been a valuable element, of it, but now it just turned into a thing where you don't trust them, and already we're running into a problem. You know, a lot of the voice actor people have popped up, and it's like, this makes it sets us back by how much. Yeah. And you're already running into a problem where game companies are looking at using AI voices to voice stuff instead of humans. Yeah. And this is just going to push them further in that direction because the AI doesn't argue with you and try to sabotage your launch campaign on Twitter and, like, nine months later. It, it sounded like she was just kind of down on her luck a little bit a little and bit. needed money. And, and it she, just I mean, she all... Backed, she backed off of all of it once Schreier dug the actual Yeah, it story all came out. out in a bad yeah. sort of way. I feel bad for her because you could tell that she's struggling yeah. a little bit. Poor but. Sterling had to do three shows on it because the story <laughs> kept changing back and forth every time. He's got to do a rant show once a week. It's not easy, so I can understand why sometimes he has a low-hanging fruit. Minority Games, thank you for the bits, man. The little, all the crying smiley faces. Hmm. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. That's awesome. Uh, the Legacy, thank you for Twitch Prime. Appreciate it. Uh, Sneaky, I find it stupid a game could win every award and then not win Game of the Year. It makes no sense to me. I agree with you, man. I'll tell you mm. what, if you talk to any of the XGT guys, they'll tell you that I drove them crazy at our Game of the Year awards because I was the guy who stuck to this stuff. I was the guy who was like, no, 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 we can't give it this and then not give it this. And they'd be like, why not? We'll just, we just want to award both games. I'm like, no, because it doesn't make sense logically. Mm. So there's kind of two different camps you can go into when you do the awards. Do you want it to be like this communal celebration of gaming where everybody wins and everybody gets a participation trophy or do you want it to be something that people can really trust? And I always sided with the editorial angle of we want it to be something people can trust and put weight behind. So we always did it that way. Other publications did it the other way. I don't know that there's any right way or wrong way to do it, but... Mm. Like the the thing where it's like, oh, the game of the year doesn't win best in its own genre category because, like, we want another game to get a chance or that it's gives shady. away the surprise or whatever. So I'm just like, eh, it's silly. It doesn't. Yeah. If I mean, I guess there have maybe been a couple of times when, like, the game the game I thought was the best of the year was more of an overall picture game and not the best of its genre of yeah. the year. I like, go. You know, but that's rare. That's it very is rare. rare. It's, yep. like, it's more of a, like the more than the sum of its parts argument for game of the year when you haven't won like your own category, your own genre category, or like even just game direction. But that also happens in 
in movies with the Oscars where people are like, how did how did the best picture of the year not also have the best director of the year, considering the director is the one who makes the picture? Yeah. But it does happen. It does. It's um, just inconsistencies. Some people want to do it that way. Oh, my God. Wiffleball in the chat. <laughs> he says to watch Spirited on Apple TV this Friday. I worked on it. So, everyone, you guys remember Sam, our old TriCaster TD? He is Wiffleballa. Mm. And he has worked on something on Apple TV called Spirited, so go watch it. And also, what's up, Sam? How you doing, brother? Miss you, man. Hope you're doing good out there. Seems like you are. Uh, let me see if I have one more. Have you guys seen Audition? How did you react to it? Yeah, we yeah. were just talking about it. I own Audition. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really, really yeah. good. <laughs> I own Audition. That should tell you what I thought of it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I love Mike in general. Like Pretty much everything he does, yeah. I love a lot. Uh, we'll answer one more here. Rigor Mortis UK, thank you for all the tier one subs you're giving to people in chat. Again, you should show up every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames because people are giving stuff away in our chat, and it is awesome. Um, Zet Saber Juno, the last one. If PlayStation VR 2 were wireless, would the price be justified? No, but it would, be, it would help. <laughs> um, but it's still too much. So is he saying if it were wireless and still had still the same 550. tech? Yeah. No, it still had the same tech. Yeah, I think that's the implication there. Then it, it was the yeah, same item, but with no I wire. I probably would buy it for that price, uh, provided I tried I yours not. first and didn't barf. Like, I would. Mm -mm. I mean, if, if, if it were a universal headset, maybe, but it's not. It's a Sony headset, and software support will dry up in eight true. months. That's true. Like that's the Don't problem. Don't forget though, the Quest price went up to four hundred bucks. Yeah, but if you gave me something that like I could guarantee was going to be five years of pretty good games coming out for on a steady stream, that would be different. Wired or not wired okay. for that price. But I know that this is throwing 550 bucks in a hole to play the launch lineup and two more games in the next year, and that's the end of it. That's, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. The problem is that Sony doesn't support this stuff more than a year out. Yeah. They say they're going to, but they did that with a PSP. They did it with a Vita. They did it with PSVR, and there's no reason to think they won't do it with VR2. Yeah. Okay. That's it for Game Phase 320. This has been awesome. It's been great to get back together with you guys. Have the back and forth between Matt and I and chat again. Uh, it's just good to be back and out in the world. It's good to be here with you, Matt. I have been trapped in an apartment for the last like two weeks with COVID. <laughs> it is just good to get out and be around people, even if it's virtually in our chat. Uh, so thanks to everybody who showed up. Thanks to all you guys who helped us out with Twitch Prime today on the live stream. We appreciate it. Again, if you're watching the show in the archive on our Patreon or at sifted.net, please go and help us out with Twitch Prime. Uh, we had a really bad month last month and Christmas is coming. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services out there and you like it and you'd like to help us, you can go to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge whatever you want. Even a dollar a month is awesome. Uh, we thank everybody for everything they pledge and we really appreciate it. Um, and as I said, we're here every Tuesday at uh, twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Dinfire. Matt is at mkyle, M-K-E-I-L. And Sifted is at Sifted Games. So Matt, I got to say, we may be leaving Twitter in the not-too-distant future. Mm. As soon as um, Jack finishes building his new social media network called Blue Sky, my ass is out mm. of Twitter. I'm gone. Um, and chances are we're probably taking Sifted's account with us to that new social media uh, 
platform, app, I don't know what it's going to end up being. It sounds pretty crazy what they're working on, but we'll see. Uh, but for the time being, we're going to stay on Twitter, and I'll stay on Twitter for a little while. Yeah, I, th- I think that'll be a while. You think? I don't know. They they already have betas going, beta invites yeah, going out. Yeah, but there's, they got to launch that thing in some real solid, it'll be next year. I think. Yeah, maybe. So we'll be around for a while. Again, we're at Sifted Games on Twitter. Um, it's crazy what happened while we were gone with Twitter. It's nuts what's happening on Twitter. It really is. Like yeah. Somebody can just pay $8 and impersonate me if they want, and mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do about it. It's almost like the uh, systems were in place for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you see Lockheed Martin lost yeah. like billions of dollars in their and, stocks uh, yeah. and, and that uh, Illy or Lily or what? Yeah, Lily, yeah. And then the, what is yeah. he thinking? He it's, isn't because he's a moron. He's really always been insane. a moron. Some of us have known this for a while because we are privileged to certain information and uh, knowledge of internal things from people who have been working at tech companies up in the Silicon Valley for a long time because I grew up there and I hear things. Um, He is a terrible manager. He really is. I mean, he's just killed Twitter in a week. People knew that from PayPal. It was was XCOM. What was that? XCOM merging with whatever that thing was. XCOM merged with whatever that. I can't remember the name of the company they merged with to become PayPal. But they, they, they removed, Everyone thinks he, they removed him as CEO while he was on his honeymoon and left him with his investment stuff because they liked his money. I've but never they, seen someone get so much credit for stuff they didn't he's do. Never, he's never. He's, he's, he's the, <laughs> he's really the best example of failing up I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's saying something. And now, He's seen some fail up. And now his stupid shit is public for everyone yeah. to see. <laughs> and he's firing people who talk against Flailing. him yeah. as it happens. And it could not be more obvious. And it is, to be fair very entertaining it is so, yep. and i don't like that everybody's losing their job and having a hard yep. time with this and people are freaking out about it. but like you're there is not a i mean you they think, will be higher you think somewhere like nintendo or disney that has values their brand so much are going to be given it caught dead near that service again yeah, i know come on who would want to advertise you, on there you can never you can never trust that someone with a blue check mark with nintendo in their name is going to pop up and put another like Princess Peach. That already sex. happened. Yeah, it happened already. Mario flipping Mario the bird. Mario flipping the bird. Where's where where pregnant Luigi getting screwed by Bowser next? Like, it's all in there. It's all coming. I it's know. all going to happen. Yep. The only way to the only way to win is not to play. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, that's Game Face 320. Thanks to all you guys for watching on the archive on the live stream. It's good to be back on Twitch.tv. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>